Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is your one and only host here, Chamber 7, coming back at you. This is another edition of WKPJB Radio. I want to welcome each and every single one of y'all to another rendition of this. Uh, I apologize for the slight delay there. Um, Blog Talk Radio sometimes has a mind of its own. Uh, I try to do my absolute best to try to get ahead of the game by coming home early enough to get everything set up and, you know, have all the screens open and all that good stuff. And then you all of a sudden you go to click on something and, then, and everything stops pretty sure y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been at work some days and wanted to stab your computer in the side of the temple. Uh, I know I personally have on many occasions been in that situation, uh, including this evening. So uh, we got a slight 10-minute delay, but that is all right. So that is okay. We've got a great feature this evening. For those of y'all who don't know, uh, Ms. Adrian Charleston will be joining us this evening. Uh, she has been uh, the behind-the-scenes coordinator and manager of the last two features that we had previously. Last week, we took a slight break. Uh, and then the, the, the previous two weeks, uh, we had Mr. K.W., the artist who was in the building, uh, who is not only her son, but she also manages his um, portfolio of work. And I say portfolio of work because he's an incredibly talented young man with a lot of uh, things under his belt right now. Not only his music, his new mixtape, if you haven't gotten a hold of that just yet, uh, but also uh, his services with the Higher Up University. Make sure you check out that website link as soon as you possibly can. And then also she manages Mr. D.S. Williams. 
Mr. D.S. Williams was in the building earlier, uh, or excuse me, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had a magnificent time on that show. If you missed out on that, make sure you go into the archives and download that show as soon as you possibly can. Trust me, it is well worth your time and attention. Check out each and every single one of these shows. They all have little tidbits that everybody seems to enjoy. Uh, when you miss out on it, I'm telling you what, it's a, it's a detriment to yourself. Uh, but before we get cracking on that, we're going to start, uh, we're going to pull our feature in here probably around 9, 10, 9, 15 or so, uh, maybe even a little earlier, maybe even a little later. It depends upon how much time it's going to take me to get through this entire part here. Um, the first thing I want to discuss, of course, a lot of us have already seen and heard a lot about it, um, but for those of you who have not, I want to go ahead and give everybody the opportunity to hear this. I got a couple of things that I would like to go ahead and jump into and share with regard to race relations and so on and so forth. Uh, many of you might have seen that the BET Awards were this past weekend, and during the BET Awards, the big uh, hoopla wasn't the, the musical acts, even though some of the musical acts were great. Shouts out to uh, Beyonce. I'm saying that like I know her, right? Shouts out to Beyonce as well as uh, Kendrick Lamar for their magnificent performance. But that was not the highlight of the entire evening. The highlight of the evening was when the president of BET herself came out and she gave the humanitarian award away. Uh, she gave away the humanitarian award to Mr. Jesse Williams, who, uh, for those of you who don't know, Mr. Jesse Williams is an actor who uh, is most notably known for playing in Grey's Anatomy. Um, he is a biracial gentleman who has spent most of his, I'd say, at least the last two or three years uh, in, in very extreme activism, doing his absolute best to bring light to a lot of the social injustices that occur for those of uh, the minority color. Uh, so what I would like to do is I want to take the time, before I get into any further discussion about it, I'd like to give you the opportunity to hear it for yourself. So I'm going to play in full the entire speech right now, and I want you to listen very carefully to it, and then you, you know, gather your thoughts, tell me what you think, and in preparation, uh, for our feature coming in a little bit later on. And if you got any questions and so on, I'm pretty sure she'll be willing to jump in and answer those questions as well. But, that you know, I just I kind of just want to open up this dialogue, so to speak, just to get people thinking about it, get it going in that direction, you know what I mean? So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is the acceptance speech from Mr. Jesse Williams when he accepted the Humanitarian Award on the BET Awards this past weekend. Harry. Um, and Debbie Allen uh, for participating in that. Um, before we get into it, I just want to say, you know, I brought my parents out tonight. I just want to thank them uh, for being here, for teaching me um, to focus on comprehension over career, that uh, they make sure I learn what the schools were afraid to teach us, and also to thank my amazing wife for changing my life. Now, this award, this is not for me. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. The more we learn about who we are and how we got here, the more we will mobilize. Now, this is also in particular for the black women in particular, who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves, we can and will do better for you. Now, what we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow manage to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we are going to have equal rights and justice in our own country, or we will restructure their function and ours. Now, 
I got another one. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. Now the thing is, though, all of us in here getting money, that alone isn't going to stop this. All right? Now, dedicating our lives, dedicating our lives to getting money just to give it right back for someone's brand on our body. When we spent centuries praying with brands on our body, and now we pray to get paid for brands on our body. There has been no war that we have not fought and died on the front lines of. There has been no job we haven't done. There's no tax they haven't levied against us and we've paid all of them. But freedom is somehow always conditional here. You're free, they keep telling us. But she, she, she would have been alive if she hadn't acted so free. Now, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. But you know what, though? The hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. And let's get, let's get a couple things straight. Just a little side note. The burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job. All right, stop with all that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance, then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo. And we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. The thing is, though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Thank you. Again, that was the Jesse Williams uh, Humanitarian Award acceptance speech from the BET Awards this past weekend. And I know some of you are probably saying, you know, why are you playing it again? Well, you know, just just on the off chance that somebody has not heard it, I wanted to make sure that I gave everybody the opportunity to hear it first. So that way everybody's a little bit more knowledgeable about it. I hate, you know, you're having a discussion with somebody and then you're just kind of looking around like, well, what, what are we talking about? I don't know. Well, now you know. Um so without further ado, let's let's just jump right into it. Um, I I think it was a phenomenal, well-crafted speech. Uh, I have seen frustrations for and frustrations against the speech. Um, I've heard people go so far as to say things along the lines of, 
well, they're only listening to him because he is a, you know, he is a, a major actor. Well, okay, I'm going to put it like this. I'm really thankful for those of y'all who call into WKPJV Radio to listen to me, but I can guarantee you the second I am at the point where I am capable of opening my mouth and I can get a global listenership, I can guarantee you I'm probably going to say the same shit. So you can either hear me now or you can hear me later. It's really not going to matter. Um, I know people say it all the time that you're not going to change. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. The second I get a little bit more status and a little bit more money, I am going to change area codes, wardrobe. I'm most likely going to change, but I'm damn sure not going to change my attitude. I'm the same person. And what I'm proud of is the fact that Jesse Williams, a gentleman who could have just associated himself with the white side of his family, he, he just could have just blown it off and said, you know, thank you for the humanitarian one, appreciate it, and walked off. He spent a lot of his time standing up there, you know, and, and fighting for black rights and black lives matter and so on and so forth. Now, I'm going to take a quick side street here, and I want you to hear something else. So I'm going to take a few minutes, um, but I think it's important that we look at another side of this. I'm not going to play it for too long, but I would like you to hear it. It's about six minutes, if you could just bear with me, because I want to hear the other side of this narrative, because I think this is a very important topic before we jump into our future discussion I think it will add to the discussion a little bit, if you will. All right? So what I'm about to play, play for you right now is the two months ago, I think it was like around April sometime, the Today Show revisited a previous person of interest who had been long for a long time <clears throat> was under fire for a lot of the things that they said. Oh, by the way, and thank you to all of y'all who called in. I appreciate it. Um, what we're about to do is I'm about to play this interview, and I just want you to listen to it. Please bear with me. It is very important. I just want you to hear it and tell me what you think when we get ready, all right? So next up, this is an interview with the Today Show. One year ago, Rachel Dolezal became a household name. As the head of the Spokane chapter of the NAACP, she found herself at the center of a media firestorm when it was discovered that she was white by birth, despite decades of identifying herself as a black woman. We'll talk to Rachel in just a moment, but first, her story. That's a very... It was this local I news interview that started it all. Are you African American? I don't, I don't understand the question. Are your parents, are they white? Setting off a firestorm, many asking questions about the life story Dolezal had publicly presented for years. Born to white parents, Dolezal was accused of faking her black appearance, a claim she strongly denies, instead saying she self-identifies as a black person and lives her life that way. Well, I definitely am not white. I, I, nothing about being white describes who I am. I'm more black than I'm white. That's the accurate answer from my truth. Do you feel you've been deceptive at all? I really feel like there have been moments of some level of creative nonfiction where I have um, kind of had to explain or justify some of the timeline and logistics of my life in a way that made sense to others. For most of her adult life, Rachel Dolezal worked on issues of equality. But after that yeah. awkward interview and new questions about her own background and ethnicity, she was surprised at the public reaction and anger directed her way. Much of this discussion has somewhat been at my expense uh, recently in, in a very uh, sort of 
viciously inhumane way. And Rachel Dolezal joins us now. You've been watching that tape. What's it like to see that? Uh, difficult, yeah, for sure. Hard to relive? Yeah, yeah, it is, but I feel like I kind of have relived it enough times by now, so ready to move on and um, think about the new year. What's the last year been like for you? We met a year ago. You were under all of this scrutiny, and then you went back to your life. And what did that look like? How had it changed? Well, it was challenging, for sure, um, but also wonderful in some ways. I welcomed a new son into the world. You had a baby. Right? Um, so that was, you know, he's perfect and precious in every way. And it's, it's just been, you know, some work to rebuild and, and get things kind of, you know, back on track with our life, me and my two older sons and, and my sister. And, yeah, we're doing well. We're looking at some, you know, new opportunities going into 2016, so... What's it been like to spend this last year living with this, for lack of a better word, notoriety? Do people recognize you on the street? Do they talk to you? Do they say anything? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people take pictures. It's hard to go to the grocery store, be in public. Um, so that, that part, you know, sometimes you just put on your sunglasses and just go about your life, you know, and, and try to not sweat it too much and just stay focused. So, yeah. Have you done any reflecting since we first talked a year ago on just how this all happened? Do, do you feel now that you have any regrets about some of the things you said about yourself that have now been revealed to not be true? Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to with that, but definitely I don't have any regrets about how I identify. I'm still me, <laughs> and nothing about that has changed. I guess I meant the fact that over the years you had allowed people to believe that you were born black, which you now acknowledge you were born white, but you clearly identify as a black person. Mm -hmm. in, in the light of day, looking back at it now, do you feel like, I wish I had been just more upfront about that. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. You know, I think it's <clears throat> not necessarily. I mean, I, I do wish that I could have really owned um, you know, giving myself permission to really name and own the me of me earlier in life. I mean, it took me almost 30 years to get there, but certainly I feel like, you know, it's, it's a complex issue. How do you just sum up a, a whole life of kind of coming into who you are in a soundbite? I mean, it, you know, so, so those conversations, I, you know, I, I feel like moving forward, I don't have any regrets about that. You'll be writing a book and mm -hmm. you'll be talking about and having an opportunity to really get into some of the complexities of racial identity. Yeah. What are you hoping to say? What are you hoping to explain? What are you hoping to shed light on? Well, Savannah, a lot of people have reached out to me over the past year, which has been another kind of bright spot in this. Is I've heard a lot of stories from people around the world about um, their you know, lives being somehow caught between boundary lines of race or culture, ethnicity. And so this larger issue of, you know, if you don't fit into one box um, and if you don't stay there, you know, your whole life um, being identified from birth, you know, as, as who you are. So what, you know, what does that look like? And because race is such a contentious issue, 
um, because of the painful history of racism. You know, so race created, didn't create racism, but racism created race. So I think it's important to really think through a lot of those um, kind of topics and questions that people have, and that's why this became kind of so um, visible, because it really challenged people to think about identity and that what is race? Is there one human race, or are there, you know, like why do we still want to go back to that worldview of separate races? This has been a year of rebuilding and rebuilding your life. What do you see for yourself? What do you hope for yourself? Well, I'm, I'm really excited to write the book and really get into um, addressing some of the issues that I've researched for many years. And I, I hope to eventually get back to teaching. I have some speaking engagements coming up and just did a TED Talk that will be online soon. And so um, just looking forward to getting back into racial and social justice work. Rachel Dolezal, good to catch up with you. Thank you for being here. Thank Appreciate you. it. Okay, so there you have it. You've heard the whole thing. Um, Chamber 7, why in the world would you play those two? Because I think they're uh, two sides of the same coin. That's why. Um, all right, so here's my, my really quick brief opinion on that, and I would absolutely love to hear everybody's word on that. Um, welcome again to those of y'all who called in. This is WKPJB Radio. I'm your host, Chamber 7. Uh, looking forward to getting into some very uh, interesting discussions this evening, along with our amazing feature who's going to be uh, coming in with us here. Ms. Uh, Adrian Charleston is going to be joining us very shortly here. Um, but really quick, I want to drop a couple of these bombs on you and, you know, kind of get some wheels turning, uh, throw a little WD-40 on the, on the gears turning in your head here. Um, here's my thought process. Heard a lot of people make a lot of statements with regard to uh, – Jesse Williams and what he did uh, when he stepped on stage and had the unmitigated goal to make such very brash statements. And the reason we say that is because he made those statements on a national television network, uh, BET. Now, of course, everybody knows that BET, excuse me, uh, of course, stands for Black Entertainment Television. However, BET is owned by a bigger company, and that bigger company is Viacom. And for those of y'all who don't know, Viacom is a predominantly white-owned company. At any point, they could have pulled the plug. That would not have been very wise, but at any point, they still could have pulled the plug, uh, called it uh, technical difficulty or some other mess, but they didn't. They actually continued the show. Um, uh, I think that Jesse Williams got, oh, sorry about that. Jesse Williams got a lot of flack for that. Uh, at the same token, uh, the reason that I played the Rachel Dolezal um, interview just recently is because here's my issue. A lot of people jump down her throat about, you know, pretending to be black, and I get it. What she did was wrong because she lied. But I'm going to ask a very straightforward rhetorical question to every single person of color that's on here and to myself as well, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. How many of you even know what the phone number to the local NAACP is in your area right now. Think about it. That kind of answers the question. She was actually like the president of one, like she was one of the former leaders of the NAACP. So I guess what kind of shakes me up a little bit about that is regardless of what she did, she was pretending to be black and still doing more for black people than most black people are already doing for themselves. Jesse Williams is not all black 
he is is technically biracial and still doing a lot for black people. I hear a lot of black people complaining about shit, but I don't see a lot of black people doing a lot of shit about it. That's all I'm saying. Um, granted, yes, I know that there are a lot of black people that are doing some things. Don't get me wrong. Uh, however, I, I guess my frustration comes in when all of a sudden somebody else has the audacity or the unmitigated gall to stand up and do something for us, and then we want to complain about the method with which we do it. But I'm sorry. If I'm drowning at the bottom of a pool, a white hand reaches down to grab me. I'm not smacking it away because it might belong to, you know, that white devil. I don't particularly care. Save me because, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Um, I think that we spend so much time being frustrated about race and uh, racial degradation and the way people treat each other because of race that we just affix a we affix a face to our enemy, and then we don't take into account that just because a white person might have hurt you, all white people are not evil. If a black person robbed you, all black people are not evil, and we forget that. And that's that's one of the, the frustrations that I, I normally have. I say the same thing about genders as well um, and, and try to fight this whole gender role thing. Look, if we're both after a common goal, and we're both seeking the same thing. What well, the on tip I wanted to drop on you, I think, uh, and uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I would absolutely love to talk about. But um, of course, I want to bring that up with uh, our. Let's bounce that off of our, our very illustrious uh, feature, who we're going to have here very shortly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just now joining us, this is WKPJB Radio. I'm going to be your host for the remainder of the evening. I am Chamber 7. This is how the show works. If this is your first time joining us, first and foremost, thank you very much for giving us a little piece of your evening this evening, this Wednesday. Uh, we do this every Wednesday at 8.30. and uh, runs until 11.30. Now, here's the score. If you called in, you called into the number 347-324-5487. That phone number has given you also admission into the illustrious champagne room. And the champagne room starts at 10.30. Now, what happens at 10.30 is that at 10.30, if you have not called in, you won't be able to hear the rest of the show. If you have joined us via streaming on your tablet, on your laptop, or what have you, then uh, thank you for joining us first and foremost. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. However, you did not get that bonus uh, ticket to the champagne room. Uh, Unfortunately, you will have to call in preferably before 1030 because if you don't call in before 1030, Blog Talk Radio will not let you in. You'll just have to wait until the show is over and the show has been uploaded into the archive and then download the archive tomorrow. But a lot of people, you know, you don't want to wait until the last minute to hear some of the juicy the juicy conversation that we have in the champagne room. All right. So, uh, and, and we usually, you know, give a huge tidbits and, and interesting things that are, are time relevant and so on in the champagne room. So, um, <clears throat> Without further ado, uh, what we're going to do here, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, gripes, complaints, bitches, moans uh, for the feature or for myself, make sure you press the number one on your keypad. That number one tells me you have your hand raised. As a matter of fact, if my feature is available and she's around, if you could press the number one right now and be my first demonstrator, then it'll show up on the studio and it'll tell me, yes, you have your hand raised and that you've got a few tidbits and things that you'd like to say. Um, don't worry. Ah, yeah, there we go. See, you can do pay attention. That's what I'm talking about. High five. So um, for those of the rest of you who have any, you know, like I said, if you've got any questions or anything like that, make sure you press the number one on your keypad. It'll let you know you have your hand raised, and I will pull you out, pull you in in the order with which I received you, all right? So um, and now, just to get things cracking in the right direction, 
for those of y'all who are, are joining us. Uh, Adrian Charleston, who uh, decided a long time ago that she wanted to help people reach their full potential at, at that time. She found herself seven years into a military as a legal specialist on the years left on her obligation. Uh, so she made a plan, and this plan took years to come to fruition, but she never gave up and kept moving forward despite the speed bumps life placed in her way. What I'm going to do real quick here um, is I'm going to play right now for you from her Butterfly Flow, uh, this most recent edition of Butterfly Flow. I'm going to play that for you, and then we're going to bring in our amazing feature for this evening, Ms. Adrian Charleston, who we will hear from very shortly. Again, this is Adrian Charleston. This is uh, an update from her, her Butterfly Flow uh, recent release. Hey, happy, happy, wonderful Wellness Wednesday. This is Blacktopia Presents. Butterfly Flow with Adrian Charleston. Today I want to talk a little bit about mental health. I am a psychologist and a life coach. So for some reason I get many questions from people saying, Hey, tell me what tell me what you think about me. Tell me my diagnosis. Um, I even had one pe- person ask me to read their future and I was like, First of all, I'm not psychic. I'm a psychologist. Second of all, I don't do psychology when I'm just out and about, so I am not reading you or being able to tell anything that's going on with you. In order to be diagnosed with a mental health diagnosis, you have to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and sometimes a medical doctor. This is not something that you can just pick up on off the street and be like, oh, so-and-so has this or so-and-so is diagnosed with that, and that's where people get it confused. Um, One diagnosis that a Many people use out of context is bipolar. Oh, their mood swings change so much. Oh, they're bipolar. No, the the definition of bipolar is not changing from mood to mood, from second to second. It is being depressed for days, meaning down, not able to get up, not able to move, um, no desire to eat or do many things. And then the other mood is manic. When the person is hyper, they stay up for days, they too much, they do things in excess, and they start projects and never complete them. And like that's one of the other things that has to be present for bipolar. So when people say someone is bipolar, they're probably using it wrong. Another one that's probably used wrong a lot is antisocial. People call people antisocial when they don't want to socialize. In actuality, antisocial means that they are they don't like authority. Um, commit crimes. They do things against the law many, many times and many times over. So antisocial um, is different in the mental health area than it is used in everyday speaking. So just wanted to talk a little bit about mental health. Not going to keep you too long. If you have any questions, you can um, contact me with the contact information and you can ask me questions and I will make a podcast and answer them for you. Thank you again for listening to Blacktopia. Um, presents Butterfly Flow with Adrian Charleston. Thank you, and have a great, wonderful Wellness Wednesday. Bye. And there you have it. That was the Butterfly Flows coming in with us. And then, if I'm mistaken, let's see if we can uh, pull in our caller, 910-322. Yes, hey. Hey, what's cracking? Hey. I just want to make sure it was you. <laughs> yes, How that's you me. Nothing much. <laughs> I'm doing Ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, we brought in the one and only uh, 
Butterfly, and that is Miss Adrian Charleston. And uh, we greatly thank you for coming in again because you you have been not only a long time listener, but you've also been a guest speaker on the show on several occasions. So I figured it would only be it would only be right, you know, what I'm saying that we go ahead and bring you in as a uh, as a feature for the show. It only oh, makes sense you. to find out the, the voice behind all of this stuff here. So, how, <laughs> how has your day been? Let's start with that first and foremost. Good. <laughs> it's been a day. It's been it's been good. It's eventful and frustrating and lively and all that good stuff because I like what I do. So it's all in the goodness of what I do. So it's been a great day. Magnificent. Well, I, again, we appreciate you for that that uh, that butterfly flow that, that just came out. Tell us a little bit about that first before you tell us about you, um, that, that show that you have. Um, I just started, I'm in a, um, a Facebook group called Blacktopia, and um, I wanted to start doing something for Wellness Wednesday because we have Warm Wednesday and Wellness Wednesday, and I figured that for wellness, a lot of people um, don't understand that mental health is part of their wellness as well, not just exercise, eating right, but the mind, the body, and the soul is all one. So it all comes together. So I decided that I was going to start doing a um, podcast, and they were gracious enough to say, yeah, we'll put it up and put it out there, and you can say it's under us. So I do it, and um, I do one every week. It's like two minutes, two, three minutes. It's not very long, and just about a mental health issue, and if people want to ask a question or want me to talk about a particular topic, they can send it to me, and I'll do a podcast on it. And it just helps along with um, with your health because I think you have to take care of your mind as well as everything else. So, yeah. WKPJV Radio for a long time has always said that um, mental health is a very important thing. It's a part of the reason why we have these very – uh, straightforward discussions, and we have these conversations. Um, I have a notorious habit of <laughs> setups. Okay. Um, every okay. time I, I I do something that looks like people be like, "Why in the world did you do that?" At the end of it, there is a very distinct reason. Um, I and you and I have had numerous conversations in the past with regard to. Uh, relations with people as as far as like interactions and communication, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, especially yeah. with regard to your your profession. Uh, and so, if if you don't mind, this is this is what the full circle question that I'm about to bring here. Um, <laughs> you probably didn't see this either, um, but I I I not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna let me let me say this first. I was watching for all of my Marvel fans that are out there, the Avengers, uh, the, <laughs> the most recent one that just came out, Captain America, uh, Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was magnificent. I mean, all right, granted, there was a lot of really cool special effects, and you saw a lot of cool characters, yada, yada, so on and so forth. But I'm a story guy. I'm a suspense thriller story guy. I'm the dude that lives for that moment in the movie where you go, oh, shit. <laughs> that's what I want out of every movie that I watch. If you don't make me do that at least once or twice, the movie probably sucks, all right? Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really, really pegged for me, though, was, and for those of y'all who, you, if you've seen any of the movies, you already know this, so this isn't a spoiler, is that Bucky, Captain America's friend, suffers yes. from 
what I believe Marvel is basically saying, a mental illness of sorts. His is a version of split personality, Mm -hmm. where if you say a series of words, he becomes a killer, and he does whatever the person who said the word tells him to, right? So now, Mm -hmm. watch me bring it back full circle. So that that really (laughs) spun me up because I was like, wow, that's so dope, the way they put this in a, a Marvel uniform and did all this stuff. I played the interview, or I played the um, the speech from Jesse Williams that mm-hmm. talked about race relations. And then I played the interview from Rachel Dalzell. So now I'm going to ask you this question as a professional. Is it humanly possible just the same way that homosexuals are able to say, I associate, or excuse me, uh, transgenders are able to determine what their gender is based on what they feel. Is it possible that Rachel Dalzal can be capable of associating with a different race? Seeing as and Jesse Williams can associate mm-hmm. with being black because he's black and white. Right. Why can't Rachel do and the same thing? Yeah. And I have to put my disclaimer out of it out. You know, I don't know any of them, so I'm not giving them a mental health diagnosis. This is not anything like that. But I, according to the information that you gave me and how people can identify as pretty much what they want, yeah, they can. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, she can right. identify as black. I mean, apparently she's been accepted as a black woman all these years until somebody decided to out her and say that she wasn't. And I mean, people, I mean, I think we can all do and be whatever we want to do and be. That's how they say the world is made up, and that's what people do. But then when you do it, it, oh, it can't be. Like, you can't do that, but it's already been done by many people. But sometimes that one person, that one person can't do it, you know? Right, right. Or when the other person does it, it's so celebrated, but it's already been done by so many other people, so why are you a hero for doing it? You know what I'm saying? When all these other people yeah. who have done it are not heroes for doing it. That's a whole other topic, but you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. And, and you know what? You make a very valid point there. And uh, you know what? I, I'm certainly good. See, this is, this is why I know this is going to be amazing. Now, check this out. Here's why I agree <laughs> with you there. Because it wasn't the right time or place. That's why they right. That's why people freaked mm-hmm. out like, for instance, when they said, oh, well, what's the big deal? Jesse Williams said it. People have been saying that for years. Okay, but this right. was the right time and place for him to do it. Right. This this was the right moment. In, the, in other words, the right stars were aligned for everything to fall into mm-hmm. place for him to say it at this moment, at this time, with this group of people in front of him, with that camera pointing in his direction for it to make the global impact. You can fire 15 shots, but it's the shot that hits you that, that makes a difference, right? You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's like that one poem yeah. that you that you wrote. You wrote this one poem, and it's really good, and you think it's really good, and you've recited it 15 times in 20 different places, but it's that one mm-hmm. time that you recited it at this one night, that one person that said they weren't coming out to a poetry venue, and it affects them the right way. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what was meant to happen at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But I think you make a valid point I- there. And I can say that I did in, in the other group, the group I told you I was talking about, there was a guy, he, I'm not going to say he was complaining, but he was just kind of saying what was different than, you know, what Jesse Williams said and what he's been saying and some other people have been saying all along. And 
is it, you know, because he's light-skinned and handsome, or is it because it was on BET and blah, blah, blah. So I just, I commented, and I, you know, explained to him, I said, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak on human nature. And human nature is most people are going to listen to that celebrity, someone they respect, or someone who feels or they hold in a higher esteem, even if it's a stranger on the street. If to them they feel they hold something higher and better and they can be telling them the same thing the person standing next to them is telling them, they're going to listen to that person. And you're going to look at them like, okay, I've told you that a hundred times, which I, I tell my clients. I tell my client something and then tell them what to do and then they read it in the book and come back, oh, this book said, I told you that weeks ago. Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I hear you. But, but it took the right it took the right number of things for yes. them to get it. Like yes. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sincerely glad that my mama don't listen to my show on a regular basis because if she heard me say this, she'd be like, "That's right, mm-hmm, amen." Um, right. I'm gonna be honest. There have been times when I'll do something in my 30s, and I'll be like, "So this is what my parents were trying to tell me." <laughs> <laughs> they went, they, they've been telling me like 14, 15 times when I was a kid. They done told me like 150 more times when I was in college. They done told me another 35,000 times between then and the time I reached 30. But it, did, it took that one moment in time in my life when I, when I finally reached the right level of maturity to where all mm-hmm. the pegs are in place. And I go, oh, that's what you were trying to say. Oh, my bad. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. It took some time, but... I, I guess so. Let me ask you this question: What is it? Is what is it going to take to get the general public to understand what's the big deal if Jesse Williams says it or if Jesse Jackson says it? As long as the message is out there, isn't that what's paramount? Um, you can't make people understand. <laughs> that's that's the short right. answer. Um, if Jesse Jackson would have said it, he probably they wouldn't have listened at all. Like it probably wouldn't even gotten this much publicity, to be honest, because he's you know oh. that people pretty right. much stopped listening to Jesse Jackson. So it had to be Jesse Williams. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it had right. to be fresh. It had to be new. It had to be this time. It had to be that person. So people are not going to understand until they're ready to understand, until it's reached their point of understanding, if that makes sense. Because everybody has a different level of understanding and perception. You know, we've talked about this before, too. Um, It's just when it reaches their level of once they get past all the, the memes and the hype and actually think about what was said, if they actually think about what was said. Or hopefully, yep. you know, nothing will come and overshadow it and push it out the way, and hopefully, people will follow up with good, good words and good works after what's right. been said. Yeah. Right. 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 I completely agree. I completely agree. All right. So after <laughs> all that said, um, we'll, we'll revisit it again. Um, I just wanted to take that that straight aside. Um, if you could, please, personally, give. Uh, a few of the, the, the listeners, uh, those who don't know you, give, them, give us a, a, a quick bio of you and who you are and what you're about and what you do. Oh, goodness. Okay. I'll, I'll try to be brief. Um, <laughs> no, don't I be am. brief. Listen, we got this, this whole show is about you. <laughs> I know, but I, I, you know how I am about talking about myself. Um, I am Adrian Charleston. I 
I am me. I am great. I am wonderful. And I hope that you all are too. So I don't say that, you know, to be conceited or anything. I just have confidence and I love myself and I want everybody to feel the same way about themselves. And I want people to look in the mirror and be like, Ooh, I love you right there in that mirror. I love you. See, I do that every day. Um, so that's who I am. What I do, um, I do many things. I'm a psychologist. I am a life coach. I, um, I am a, a motivational speaker, a poet. Um, I manage. I have some, a couple artists that I manage. Um, and what else? What else do I do? And what else do you want to know about me? I think you said a little bit in my bio. I am retired Army, uh, 20 years, full 20. It was, you know, hoorah. people see my picture and they're like, no, yeah, cool. Don't be hoorah me. Cool. But... <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Army. That's right. Um, let's see. I'm a lover of life, a lover of people, a lover of love. Uh, yeah, I think that's about enough. Yeah, because I know a lot of people say, you know, they they don't. When you ask the people, you know, ask some people who are they, that they tell you what they do, not who they are. So that's why I actually started with who I am, and then what I do, because. What I do is not always who I am. It's part of who I am, but not just who I am. Because I'm not just a psychologist. I'm not just a life coach. I'm not just a motivational speaker. Like, I'm so much more. I'm a person. I am a woman. I am a mother. I am a daughter. I am I'm me. I am, yeah, I'm a dancer. That's, that's, like, that's exactly I why I asked the question that way. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because I knew if I asked it to you like that, I would get a more complete answer. So I didn't – I try to ask questions in such a manner that, you know, gives you the freedom to say it however your your spirit led you. So, yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> Magnificent. Magnificent. And, and I, essentially, so we, we met um, through poetry. Yes, when you yes. were hosting a poetry event, yes. Wait, which one was that? I don't know. I thought it I was, was the one at Mosaic. Uh-uh, it was the one oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yes. I was kind of hosting. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lot like you in some regards with that sense because it's like, you know, I, I feel like I do so much stuff. People ask me, well, what do you do? I'd be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so you you have been doing poetry now for about how long, would you say? Uh, months. <laughs> Months. Um months. Um well I've been I've been writing for like fifteen, sixteen years. Um uh, I think that's how far okay. yeah. How far back my poetry goes that I found and collected and actually put into my book. Um it spans a fifteen year fifteen, sixteen year time period. But I actually published in September and that was my first reading was well, my first reading was a couple months before that, but that was like my very first reading. And then my book um, signing was my second reading, and that was like when I really first started. Before I started getting out and reading and uh, doing open mics and events and stuff, so I haven't been out and about that long. But it kind of comes natural. Well, speaking in front of people comes natural for me anyway. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> is that is that based on your military background, or is that based on just your personality? What would you attribute that to? Um, 
Um, probably me being a Gemini, because <laughs> we, we are the, the the social butterflies of the zodiac sign, and that's just me. I love being around people and entertaining people and talking to people, and just yeah. So it just comes natural. I've always been a natural speaker, and it's funny because um, I was telling somebody else this story about because I don't memorize my poems, <laughs> and I was telling right. somebody like I had to memorize something when I was like maybe 10, and my brother was like, you better remember this or I'm going to get you. Like, my brother's 10 years older than me, so I'm like, ooh, right. like, I can't let him down because, and I'll, I'll tell right. you that later, but I can't let my brother down. He's my oldest, he's the oldest of five, and I can't let him down. He's like, you better remember, memorize this. You better not mess up. You do, I'm going to get you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm 10 years younger than him, so I'm like 10. So, so I'm scared half the day. So you're scared to death. And it was for yeah, I'm scared to death, but it was for a pageant, Little Miss, uh, it's like a Little Miss Delta. My cousins were Delta, so they put me in Little Miss Silver State thingy. Um, they sponsored me and all this stuff. But I And they chose me, and I was like, why did they choose me? Like, they, you know, the ladies in the group, not my cousins, but the ladies that were running it, and they were like, we want you to give this speech. I'm like, okay, like, why me? But <laughs> I guess because I'm a right, right. people person. So I memorized it, and I did it. And actually, they said I could read it, but my brother was like, you better memorize it. You're not going to get up there reading nothing. Right. So, like, ever right. since then, it's like, right. I, I'm going to read, like, my poems I probably should memorize. But I'm like, I'm going to read this because I don't have to memorize. Nobody's threatening me. To... <laughs> <laughs> so if I don't, you know, what's going to happen? So, but right. I know right. I'm going to have to memorize some soon. But, yeah. But my brother, I talk about my brother, like, those are the, and we talked about this before. I look, I hold very near and dear to me the men in my family, my son, my brother, and my father. They are my heart and very close to me. And because I resemble them and they resemble me in so many ways because I was raised like a boy and I followed in my father and my brother's footsteps. So, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so you just yeah. mentioned um, your, your, your son, um, we had him on the show not too long ago. Uh, tell us in what capacity we had him on the show and what, how you two work together. Yes, I am my son's manager. He is a hip-hop artist, a artist artist. <laughs> like, he, he's a phenomenal artist, drawing, graphic design, um, logos, websites, you name it, he can do it. Um, he did the flyer for this event and Chambers last two events. He did the flyer for that. That's, that's correct. Um, yes, and we're doing, um, he has shirts. I put the website up earlier. I'll probably put it up again. But he is, and I'm not just saying that because he's my son, but he, I mean, he's a phenomenal artist. And just trying to promote him and get him out there and get people to to use his services because he is great. And, yeah, so I'll put Sorry. the website up again and some of his art so you can see. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's K.W. the Artisan, yeah. is that correct? Yes, I'm sorry, K.W. the Artisan it is. That is his um, name, and it's just like it sounds, K.W. the Artisan, A-R-T-I-S-A-N, and you can find him everywhere under that name. Um, and he has that name because he used to be Wonder Boy, but that was um, used a lot. So, and with his name being Malik, which is synonymous with King, so he changed his name to King Wonder Boy, and the artisan was his line name when he was in um, Pi Sigma Epsilon when he was online. And so they named him the artisan because he did all of the um, 
graphics and flyers and all that stuff for for the fraternity. So yeah. there's some death to that name then. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, he's like that. He's, okay. he's very he smart, so he he thinks about things, you know, as as he's he doing is. it now, before he does it. That's, and that's that's yeah. a wise decision. Um, uh, we've yeah. had him on the show before. Uh, great guy. I absolutely enjoy. Um had him having him here that was an interesting show too because <laughs> it, it didn't turn out quite the way we thought it was going to it ended up being like it was pretty dope it was pretty amazing so um yeah but how does that interaction between you and him work <laughs> it actually works very well we are we are a great team he is my partner in business and um um we now, I would say we still live together, but he moved. I bought a bought a house because I was living in an apartment. Um, not a long story. Once I divorced, I got a one bedroom apartment, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to be around anybody. It's just gonna be me. And then he was graduated from college, moved to Charlotte. Um, then decided he needed to come home and get back to his roots and get back to himself. And um, I'll post his um, CD, um, Paradise Phone Home. And if you can get to the track called Phone Home, it's about getting back home, getting back to the roots, getting back to where your love and where your heart is so you can actually cultivate your art. And because he wasn't doing it when he was in Charlotte with his friends and stuff, he didn't feel artistic and he wasn't progressing in the arts like he should. So he said he had right. to come back home. So I said, okay. So I bought a house and uh, <laughs> here we are. So, um <laughs> But um, we are great partners. He is an adult. I don't treat him as a child. He is my son, but we are, like, business partners, friends. Um, there's none of that, like, um, I don't have to clean up after him, plus that. Like, there's nothing that most people think that a when a child is living home with them has to do. Like, right. I'll come home, right. stuff will be cleaned up. Sometimes I'll have dinner cooked for me you know, different little stuff that he does because he works from home, so y'all buy some stuff. Um, <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's right, all, I hear you. yeah, yeah. So it's, And that's, that's why I asked that question because um, because of that interaction the two of you have, it's 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 very different than what most people would think. It's, it's, um, uh, we had that business meeting at one time because I needed him to do some work for me, and um, he, he's very, you know, he's magnificent at what he does, but the interaction that you two have is not that of this is my mom and she's also my manager. It's like there's a clear separation of this is my manager and that's not my son. Right. This is my client. And I, I I noticed that and I was like, this is pretty dope. Like I don't think people recognize how to do that effectively. And I think that, that you two seem to have it down pat where the two do ne'er cross paths in the wrong way. He treats you with the same level of respect as his mother, but also as his manager, mm-hmm. I think is a magnificent thing. Yeah. Now, he's not your yeah. only, he's yeah. not the only person that you manage, correct? Correct. Yes, correct. And the other person you manage is, is uh, who else um, do you manage? D.S. D.S. Williams. Williams. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. And tell, tell us about that. How did that come to fruition and how's that um, it started. We met at my 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 um book reading. 
I know I'm sorry, I'm stuttering, I'm doing two things at one time. Um, <laughs> we met at my book signing, and he came out and um, did some poems, and he is a phenomenal poet. And, um, I mean, he was great, and then we became friends, and he asked us if we could connect and do some stuff and asked if I would help him um, pretty much promote, get himself out there. He calls it manager. I call it helper, kind of. <laughs> kind of, Yeah. So I, we go to shows together um, and just help him meet people and all this other good stuff. So, yeah. Good deal. But he's he's okay. great, and he was on last last week, not two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, he he has been uh, he has been hard on his grind, working on a couple of things. If I'm not saying he has his mixtape uh, come yeah, out, he's been he's been working on something else too. What else does he do on a weekly basis? Doesn't he do um, something like the uh, his own blog. Oh yeah, he has his Cognito blog, and he's coming out with his book soon. Um, hopefully, he's listening and knows that it's coming out soon. We're pushing <laughs> to get the book out before the end of the year. <laughs> so right, right. That's one of the main things because you know, as 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 poets, sometimes we're not paid, and you know, and it's best to have merchandise or have something that people can put their hands on. Um, when you're in the area, and yeah, it is. So um, we're working on getting that out like very, very soon. So yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know, he knows now. Ain't that the truth? They agree. Yes, yes. You, you told him now. He knows now. <laughs> if you don't know, you got to do it now because <sighs> your manager said so, and she said so right here on the show. So now right. tell us about you. What are what are what are some of the books that you have that are available uh, right now that you you um you show to the public that you're you're promoting? Um, right now just I just have my poetry book, Butterfly Flow. And um soon I'll be I'm still working on it. I'm working on my self help book, Butterfly Flow. And the reason why um I'm gonna keep the title because one, I like it and I like the artwork. My son did the artwork on my book cover in case y'all hadn't seen that and I'll post that soon. Um I like the way I have the book set up because I have I, both of the books will be, um, like the poetry book is already set up, but the other one's going to be set up that way as well. Um, but it's based on the life cycle of the butterfly because I believe that all of us all are are or can be butterflies. <laughs> and like for the for instance, for the poetry book, the first chapter, the poems in the first chapter are about love and looking for love and messing up love and angry sometimes at love because. <laughs> You know, that's what happens when we're out here feeding and looking and most of the time just all in the wrong places. And then when you're in the um, cocoon and you're thinking about stuff, that's when you're taking in everything that you've been out there looking for and loving and the wrong things and you reflect. So like the middle poems are like a uh, reflection of self and what's been going on. And then the third chapter is the butterfly chapter, which is when you realize that the love you were looking for was the love of yourself. And then that's a lot of those poems are more about being happy, loving yourself, um, and just being the butterfly that everyone can be. So, And so the self-help book is going to be set up in the same vein, like what's, what was going on with most, you know, most people, and then what you need to do to think about it, what you need to do to work on it to get there, and then now what, when you become the butterfly, how to sustain that happiness and continue to be that happy person regardless of your circumstances and what's going on with you. So that's my 
my next endeavor. <laughs> and this is this is now. Would you attribute the, I guess you could say, the premise of that to your own personal journey, or would you attribute that more to your um, personal, your professional training, or kind of a delicate balance of both? Um, probably a delicate balance of both because I am, well, probably more so of my transformation because I think I have transformed. <laughs> I think I have transformed into a butterfly. So it's kind of some of what I've learned because some of what I've, like, seeing other people and seeing clients, I can see what other people are going through. And and then I can look at what I've been through to get to where I am and feel that happiness and know what it feels like and understand where other people are in their journey. Mm-hmm. So I think both mm-hmm. it, both of the you know both ways help me to figure things out and know like I can actually some people if they're in front of me I can tell if they're happy or not. And again, I said in front of me, don't call and ask me if you're happy. But um. <laughs> But just in conversation with people, I can tell. Like, I can sometimes I can even tell, like, people that don't even like themselves. Because it's, you can say whatever you want to say, but I get the feeling, I get the vibe, I get what they're giving to me. And sometimes, and I don't mean to, but sometimes I make people cry. Not in a bad way, but it's more of, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I don't feel it. I don't feel that it's true. I don't feel that you mean it. And I don't think that you're happy. And then I just ask them to say some simple things like, say, I love myself. Say, I like myself. And some people can't even say it. And some people can say, oh, I love myself. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no. Just I'm like, say it. Before, yeah, you're it. just saying it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, and, uh, and I, sometimes I'm, it brings people to tears because they don't. I'm another one of the people that have that power. Yeah. Like they don't feel it for themselves, and and I always go back to you know, and a lot of the stuff stems back to relationships. And some of these people are all in love, or say that they're in love with somebody and can't live without this person, and don't know what they're gonna do. And I always go back to how do you feel about yourself? And if you don't love yourself, you cannot truly love somebody else because you don't know what true love is because you're not even loving the person you're with all the time. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think, and oddly enough, I think that a lot of people find out that when they they feel like they can't live with that other person, it's because of the fact that you you find out that that person really uh, you were using them to make up the difference of what you weren't doing for yourself. Exactly. In some regards, not 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 with every case, but in some cases, that's the reason why you feel that way. You feel falling apart because you haven't figured out how to do it yourself. I'm, I'm speaking about myself, too. Sometimes I found myself in situations mm-hmm. where I was looking for somebody to take the place of me doing it for me, and I had to, you know, reevaluate and say, oh, wait a minute, maybe it's because I'm not doing it for me. And it's amazing because once you get to that point, then it's like I don't need you around, especially if you don't want to be here. Right, you know? right. So. And um, so I actually what? had a mm-hmm. – no, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, um, like, I had a client today, and what clicked for her 
was she was she was thinking that it was more of a misery thing instead of love and all this stuff. She was like she didn't want to be with anybody if she's making them miserable. And so I had to explain to her, and we've had this making people happy conversation before. Like you can't make anybody happy, you can't make anybody miserable. And if the person that's with you is not happy with you and they choose to stay, that's their choice <laughs> to be mad and upset every day, every time they look at you. Not you're You're not making them mad and upset. That's their choice to stay with you and be mad and upset and not want to work on it. So everybody has a choice, I do believe, to be to be happy. I mean, happiness is a choice. And, um, oh, that's one of my blogs, happiness is a choice, loving yourself is necessary. I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll post that. But, um, yeah, that's yes, one of my please. blogs. <laughs> and um, Absolutely. that's just how how I feel, that, you know, you can choose to be happy or you can – you can choose to be mad and sad and upset all the time. And there are people who are comfortable. Like, you know, so you say people, oh, they just love to be mad. No, they're just comfortable and they don't know how to, they don't understand change. And change, you know, change is discomfort even even if it's going to be a better thing for them. It's still uncomfortable so they don't want to do it. Even if it's going to make them feel better or make life better. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just exactly. Yeah, and I hear you. I um, I it, it's just so. Just to kind of circle back to this previous conversation we were having with regard to um, Rachel Dalzell, um, and I realize mm-hmm. that this is just I'm, I'm looking for your opinion, not your professional diagnosis of the young lady, because I realize based on your previous blog, <laughs> you can't just look at somebody and be like, you know, give a diagnosis on them. But just on the the five seconds that you watched her or that you heard the interview that I gave, or based on everything that you've heard about the lady, mm-hmm. would you perceive that 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 she's happy? Yeah. She, she's happy with her. She, she's happy with what she, who she is and what she has going on. Because yeah. I'm going to have to tend to agree. I was looking for somebody else to say it besides myself, because mm-hmm. what I, what's weird to me is, how many, and this is just a, a chamber seven aside here, how many black people are out there that they don't like themselves, but they're not trying to associate themselves with a different race. They know they're black. They they, they consider them, themselves black. They're not happy. This woman has chosen that she is more mm-hmm. black than white, even though both of her parents are white, and she's mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. And I think and, that was and, the premise of my previous statement. Like she, she has been doing more for the black race than most black people have been. Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk about her all day long, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we can talk about uh, all these people to to, to to hell and high water, but it's the results that matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. And how she feels about herself, and if she felt happier or in her circumstances and identifying as a black woman, I mean, that's her truth. That's where she was. That's where she was happy. And that, I mean, that's how she lived. So, I mean, you can't knock anyone for living the true, their true, you know, their true selves on the inside. So. Now, some would disagree with us yeah, on the right. off chance that, and, and I think the reason they would disagree with us is because 
they would say, well, you can't go into a job and claim that you're white when it's convenient. So I guess okay. my rebuttal would be, so would it make it okay for her to claim that she was black if she took all of the negatives that came with being black too? That's my hypothetical. You're, I'm just throwing it out there. I just want to see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what are the negatives of being black? I mean, <laughs> I know what you're probably thinking the negatives. Though. I think, I, I think is, I mean, I, I just believe it's all positive. It's just on how you spin it. Oh yeah, so. no, I agree. But uh, like, for instance, like some people yeah. don't want to put that on a job application, and oh, you know, her name is right. Rachel, so it's kind of ambiguous as to whether she's white or black. Blah, right. Blah, blah, yada yada. Oh, my so, name you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm not going to lie. I get interviews yeah, on Adrian, my name. Adrian right, Charleston is, right. is ambiguous as I don't know what. I've had people, I've had this lady actually say, oh, where did you get that last name? I said, my husband. Ah. And then she just looked at me. <laughs> oh, my like, goodness. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, like, um, yeah, I know I what you're thinking, lady. Exactly. Huh? I used to get that a lot yeah. until they heard my middle name. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have one, so yeah. So it's like, right. wow, now what? Now what you got? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but well, my my yeah, personal I'm, favorite is um, when I was in. You know, sometimes I'll do customer service stuff for for the job that I'm in, and then when they have to visit the site and meet me, and they're like, "Oh wait, you're Sean Singletary," and there's this distinct look that people mm-hmm. give you when they suddenly realize that the person that they had been talking to for the past year and a half that they thought was white is a black dude. Right. And it's like, you could, they, what? You should see the, the way their demeanor changes. They, wait, what? Yes. My professional voice yes. has got me in trouble several times, even in my <sighs> dating life. You. Like, I was, you know, I call somebody and they'll, they'll think, they'll be like, this ain't the dude I met earlier. No, the dude I met right. was black. That, yeah, that's me. Sorry. It, are my manners right. too white for you? My bad. I've had that happen. So yeah. it, it's strange that, you know, you get that a lot. But I guess I, I, I'm driving. The only reason I kind of use this as the basis of our, our, our back and forth conversation is because mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested, like I said, not only because your professional background gives you kind of a different outlook on things, but I have often lauded that a lot of these things we consider, you know, uh, we make a big deal out of it. it it's not as big a deal as we make it out to be. And I think that right. you have a clearer vision of it as a mental health professional because in mental health, pretty much everything is a blank slate. Yeah? Like mm-hmm. your your yeah. brain is a is a is a repetitive muscle and based on mm-hmm. the repetition that it gets from some things, that's what it determines its next path is. So as children, babies aren't racist. Babies don't know no damn difference. Right. And as you get older, you become racist because something has repetitively forced that into you. So that's why I'm bringing it up to you because I think that's the foundation of everything that we deal with, whether it be race or gender. When you were a cell, you were just a cell. And as you, Mm -hmm. you know, based on whatever environment you're in, you become what you become. So essentially what I'm driving to is it's our environment that has put us in this horrid thought process. Right. And and I, I don't trying to find a good way to say this. I don't I think everybody just like um with Miss Rachel, everybody should be able to be who they are. Nobody is in a box. Like 
people see me, they see my hair, they expect that I'm going to be spouting a whole bunch of pro-black conscious, um, my brother, my king, my, no, I'm sitting in my car with my windows rolled down listening to Justin Timberlake and Taylor Swift. I mean, that's what I do. So <laughs> that is part of who I am. I mean, you know, I'm going to get in some old school hip hop too, but rarely, you know, your favorite trap music. Rarely am I listening to trap music if I can help it. But I am a pop queen. Like, I listen to pop music. I love pop music. That's just where I fit in. I like going to techno clubs. I like dancing outside. I like to suntan. Like, this, this, <laughs> all things that they oh, tell wow. you that black people should not do. But guess what? I'm doing it. So I'm black. So guess what? We can we can do that. We can do whatever we want to do. As a person, you I, should be I able bet to you, do. I bet, you there's, mm-hmm. I, bet you, I bet you there's one thing that you'll do as a black person every single time, though. What? <laughs> I guarantee this is this is a definitive moment as to whether you can tell somebody is like <laughs> at the core they're black or at the core they're white as far as I'm concerned, okay? I guarantee you, you mm-hmm. walk in your house and you mm-hmm. flip on the light switch and the light switch don't go off and you hear, <laughs> I bet you you ain't going in that house. No, that no, determines no, no, you no. black. We're, we're walking out. We are walking out. Yes. And as I say yeah. that, I'm sitting here, like, talking about all the other stuff that I do, but I'm watching one of my favorite – well, it's on TV. I'm not watching it. I have it down. Minister Society is on right. Century. And I was like, got to watch it. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess, and, and you're bringing up another valid point that, um, that I've often said, too. Who said that those things have to be very specific? Like, that is just black music or that is – just white music and, and so on and so yeah. forth. So um, you you brought up another point. Um, you brought up your boyfriend yeah. Justin Timberlake just now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh-huh. Crimea River was one of my favorite yeah. breakup songs of all motherfucking time. <laughs> like you play that song, everybody can kiss my ass as far as I'm concerned. Okay. It's just like I him and Timberland are it. magic together. Him, just put him oh, and Timberland together. What? It's over, it's over. And his new song, now, man, I, man, I love it. But go ahead. Wait, which which new song are you talking about? The uh, I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. It's a pop song, but yeah. Really? <laughs> we'll have, we'll yes. have to find the YouTube version and put it up there. I personally haven't heard yeah. it yet. And don't get me wrong, look, yeah, I listen to my trap music. I I got my. I, I, I listen to my other, you know, people look at me crazy and they be like, you, you listen to trap music? Yes, love it. Yes. Because I feel like it is the soundtrack to the economic prosperity of the ghetto. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. Can't, okay. can't they stop, have, can't they have stop their the own feeling. Set of rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't stop the feeling? All right, we're going to have to put that yep. Um I'll So. Uh, but I say that jokingly, but in, in reality, like in my head, I listen to everything on a very singular level. The first question uh-huh. I ask myself is, do I even like the song? Like the words can be great, but if it's coming from a shitty voice, I'm not going to listen to it repetitively. I'm going to be like, wow, those are some great words, but dude, stop singing. Um, 
if I don't like the beat, I'm not going to listen to it because it's not going to be something that I attribute to me listening to again. Um, plus, I'm an audiophile. I absolutely positively love stuff that has horns in it. Oh, my God. I love yeah, me some horns, yeah. but I also love me some rap music, which is why T.I. is probably one of my all-time favorites because he usually does shit like that. ASAP was one of yeah. my favorite songs just because he had them horns in it. So um, <laughs> for you, let me ask this question. Uh, aside yeah. from uh, for, for with regard to pop music, when Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. made his statement, what, mm-hmm. what are your feelings on that as far as the public outcry that came out of that next day? I Not because it was Justin, but I feel that it was unwarranted because the information was taken out of context. Because I did, I, I always, when somebody puts something out, I always research it and look back and try to find, like, the root of it. Because they made it seem like he just, like, after after Jesse Williams' speech, he, they made it seem like, he just came out and said, we're all the same. But that's not what happened. He said, hashtag right. inspired, hashtag BET2016. Somebody came at him saying, well, why are you hijacking R&B? Why are you, you know, taking yeah. the black music and, you know, all this other stuff? And he was like, dude, we're all the same. Like, he was just trying to shut it down in a nice way and just, you know, get it to stop or whatever. But everybody took that as if he was, you know, saying something to Jesse Williams, which didn't have anything to do with that. He was responding to somebody else, a different message. But everybody took it and ran with it. And I don't think it was warranted because he wasn't saying to Jesse Williams and the speech that he made, we're all the same. That's not what he was saying about the speech. He was saying that to the person who was, you know, saying that he's, you know, trying to be black and all this other stuff. I mean, to me, it's not his fault that he had the best R&B album out a year or two ago. It is the people who are buying the music. Now, if you're going to buy it, buy more black people's music, and then you feel better about yourself and push them up to the top of the charts. But don't, I'm always, don't blame somebody else for something else that you can help. (laughs) So if you think it's an issue, go out and buy some Joe. Go out and buy some Tyrese. Like, didn't um, music has a new CD out? Joe, I mean, not Joe, uh, Burn It. Uh, I can't think of his name. With my permission. That's my song. Buy his album. Like, dudes. Yeah. Roe James. That's his name. Roe James. I'm talking about Joe. Roe James. Gotcha. But, you know, gotcha. go out. So I do. I listen to R&B, too. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but Pop is my favorite. But, you know, okay. you can't blame somebody for making music and selling it if you're not buying it. <laughs> you know, you can't right. blame That's him. Right. And we're probably and we're probably not the ones that buy it because we don't buy stuff. Most black people don't buy stuff. Yeah. I can't say everybody, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I get it. So, I get it. I get it. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you're just not joining us, we want to first and foremost thank you. This is Miss Adrian Charleston joining us this evening on WKPJB Radio. I'm your host, Chamber 7, and we're just having a brief conversation about race, race relations, the Jesse Williams speech, racial dolls all, and all that good stuff inclusive. I've got a caller here. If you would like to speak to our feature for the evening, please press the number one on your keypad. It will show that you have your hand raised and you have some things to say. I'll gladly pull you in in the order with which your call is received and we will go from there. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to bring in our first caller who has a question here for us, 201-388, who we have waiting ever so patiently on the line. Hey, what's going on? 
Hey, hey what's Vian. going on? <laughs> I know that beautiful voice anywhere. <laughs> the man with the classic voice. Hey, what's going on? What's up, brother? How you been, man? Not so much, fam. How how are you beautiful people doing this evening? Great. Doing all right, doing all right. Having a bit of a conversation. So what's what's uh what's cracking and what's new for you there, bro? What's what's um what's next tag here? Well not so much just sitting back enjoying the show, um, of the ultimate renaissance woman. That's her hand <laughs> in a whole bunch of different pots, so like everybody else out there, just enjoying and um, being inspired by the many things that she's doing, um, whether it be with the community, um, enlightening individuals and um, shedding light on a lot of different facets of our community that don't necessarily get the attention they deserve. So I'm just enjoying, like everyone else this evening, and just calling to give my props and praise and love to her. Oh, thank you. All right, awesome. So yeah, that's cute. So check this out. Um, <laughs> since she was put you on the spot the last time, uh, this is your opportunity to kind of rebuttal a little bit. So I just want to ask, is she like, you know, let's, wait, let's, wait, just, wait, wait, let's just pretend no, she's no, not no, here. No, no. Let's pretend like she's not here real quick. Hey, yes, let me ask you a question. Is she a good manager? Like, what's, what's, what's up with that? I, I hear she manages you and stuff. So, you know, what's that like? Is she one of them fire-breathing managers? Or she one of her managers that, like, you know, puts her hand on your shoulder and says, come on now, baby. You know we got to do this, right? Well, definitely not that one. (laughs) 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 So we can eliminate that option off the bat. Uh, I thought I was interviewed two weeks ago. This is a continuation. Um, Um. the butterfly comes from a place of um, um, of experience, um, first and foremost. And, you know, even though um, she claims, you know, that she hasn't um, been inside this particular poetry field for a long time, you, you would think differently by having a conversation with her. And just like anything else from life, um, it's, it's a microcosm, you know, of our existence. Mm-hmm. And human emotions and feelings don't change. There's no such thing as the new anger. <laughs> or the new sadness, <laughs> to have a sadness. Um, so being that she has these experiences and she's been in so many different spheres uh, of life, um, she brings that. And, you know, I'm, I can be quite um, – what's the right word for it? Don't fill it in, butterfly. Um, <laughs> they determined <laughs> – it, it, it causes for Pretty sure that uh, wasn't the word she was thinking, but okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's very interesting dynamic. I mean, but, but at the end of the day, um, it, it's all about iron sharpening iron, and that's what we all should be about um, because we, we make up a small collective as, as quote-unquote artists, and we have to support each other because if we don't, no one else will. That's true. Yes, right. um, and, I, of course, I made that statement earlier just to be facetious and, you know, stir it up the hornet's nest a little bit, but I knew DS would answer the question with the, the same renaissance professionalism that he always does. Um, I can I can firmly uh, agree with you on the stance that um, even though she says she's been in this realm for just a short period of time, I'm sorry, she operates like a motherfucking, like she operates like a professional. Like you would think she was a, a, a vet of 10 years of this shit, and as far as I'm concerned, she's a vet of 15 years because she says she's been writing that long. 
So um, I feel that way. I, I ain't going to lie. I still feel like a rookie, and I've been doing this for a long time. But I can guarantee you um, none of my poetry friends will let me ever say that out loud without me getting <laughs> a whole earful. So, um, uh, she has been a, an, an amazing uh, – she has offered us an amazing contribution of her work and her presence. And, you know, I, I wish I had, you know, some more people on here that, that would say that same thing, but she's she's been great as far as I'm concerned. So I, I would just yeah. like to echo the same thing that you said and say that she's definitely been a, a, a great spirit to have around in this in this very fickle world of poetry um, that can mm-hmm. that, that is full of emotion and uh, can sway from those of brand great emotions <laughs> and wonderful feels to, oh, shit, I wish you'd get on my face. Yeah, that's poetry. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 yeah, like any that's, other that's, group of individuals. You know what I'm saying? It sways back and forth. So, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I try Absolutely. to remain steady because yeah, poetry people can be a little emotional. <laughs> I stay steady. Yeah, it's true statement. I ain't gonna lie. Huh? I'm not gonna lie. I'm an emotional motherfucker. I got my moments too. I, there are some days I have to catch myself and be like, Sean, you need to calm down because your ass is on twelve right now and. You know, even, even some of y'all even say that. You'll see me in some of these uh, rooms that we have, and people be asking questions, and I, and I ask to be quiet as shit. And everybody be like, what's this problem? That's me. I'm having one of my days. Fuck along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, believe me, I, I know. I, yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing. I know me. And just like you said, as part of your butterfly transition, sometimes you have to know yourself. And I know enough about mm-hmm. myself that, you know, I – Though not many people have seen the gorilla, I would much rather keep that nigga on rap because I don't want him to get shot. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Keep on the low. <laughs> keep on the low, low. So, um, DS, any, any questions or comments that you'd like to make to the audience of the group uh, that would, you know, give us more of an insight as to who this magnificent woman is? I actually do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. I think what we all try to achieve in life as we go through our various roles, um, to some it's a luxury, to some it's something that's not attainable. I want to know how you deal with balance. How do you balance your, <laughs> your roles? How do you balance the different individuals in, inside of you um, in order to make it work, in order for it to be seamless, um, your presentation? Because your presentation is definitely something memorable, um, but I know there's a lot of work that goes behind that as well. So that's what I would like to know. <laughs> I would First swear all, I told who, him to ask that question. That is dope. Right. Who told you about all of the people inside of me? First of all, <laughs> well, 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 being that you're a Gemini, I know two. There might be three others that's sleeping in the living room. So let's yeah, that is true. Um, I don't know. It's like a, and I and I I will answer it as a way. Basically, you told me one time. You said you, I I can't really explain it. Like even you you told me like it's like a switch. It depends on what's going on as to who I am and as to what hat I have to put on. So it's just something that I do, and I've been doing it for so long that it's like it's seamless. So I used to have, like, the different people inside of me. Like, like when I was in the military, um, I wore, you know, I wore my glasses. I didn't have to wear my glasses all the time. I wear them all the time now. I didn't have to wear my glasses. So when I was at work, 
had my glasses on. I had my BUs a little bigger because I didn't want anybody to, you know, see I'm a woman, but I kept it, you know, in a certain way. And then when I went out and stuff, I was a completely different person, hair out, you know, smaller clothes, <laughs> stuff like that. And they used to tell me Superwoman. They used to like, oh, Superwoman is that. Clark Kent and Superwoman. And then, like, now it's like um, I wasn't embracing the name Butterfly, even though I always wear butterfly accessories and my book is about butterflies and all that. And DS would always call me Butterfly. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to stick with Adrian. And then, like, now it's stuck. And then, like, one time I came from work. So I'm in work mode. I had my hair in a bun, had on my work clothes, and um, I just came out to an after-work event. And Diaz was like, you want to do some poetry? I was like, no, I'm not not in the mood. I'm not that person. This is not where I'm at right now. He's like, no, you got to do some poetry. I was like, give me a minute. I need to get myself together. I go in the bathroom, take my hair loose, come out, and I sit back down. He just looks at me. He was like, the transformation. Like, <laughs> like, oh. They don't call you butterfly for nothing. <laughs> right. So I can't really explain. Like, it clicks. I just, depending on my situation, and sometimes I do, like, in in my conversations and stuff, I have to tell people, you know, or ask, how do you want me to answer? You want me to be psychologist? You want me to be Adrian? You want me to be the poet? You want me to be, you know, who do you want this answer from? Because depending on who you're asking, the answer could vary, and that's what I always tell people. And I, I know I irritate people a lot because it feels as if I'm not answering the question directly, like now. But um, <laughs> there's, I, I hardly ever have one answer for one question because it just depends on who you ask. If you're asking the psychologist, my answer is going to be um, general, worldly, and global that applies to all people. If you're asking Adrian, it's going to be my opinion. If you're asking the poet, I may put some emotions into it. If you're asking the manager, it's business. I'm going to give you my business thought, and that is straight to the point. So it kind of just depends, and depending on my environment, I switch. So, yeah, and, again, I don't know how it does. It's like a it, – it, it just clicks. <laughs> yeah. There it yeah, is. That's all well, that's a well-worthy <laughs> way to handle things. I mean, that that works. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. All right, there. Well, uh, um, yeah, DS, so DS, we'll be expecting that book sometime soon because your manager told us it's supposed to be coming out sometime soon. I don't know if she actually told you, yeah. but it's, it's out there now. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. He knows. So, don't make me turn into manager while I'm being, you know, other people right now. Well, I'm right, 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 right. All right, then. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you, DS. So, DS, you want uh, – well, let me ask this question first. Let me ask it of our features. Um, since he is your uh, – since he is your client and you are his manager, um, Yes. do you have any particular pieces that, that, like, you'd be like, yeah, that's the one I like when he does that one? Well, you already know my favorite. I had him do it two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know if well, I mean, it's your show, again, so, I mean, we can make him do no, it again. I'll, I'll, no, I'll let him choose because he wasn't happy with me last time because I put him on the spot. So. Uh, 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 
Is that a I mean, technically you did just put him on the spot again, but it's it's kind of my fault because uh, I made you do it. But you know, at least you get to choose, bro. You know what I'm saying? I have, uh, for the the sake of sentimentality, that's a real word. I am uh-huh. going to um, do the poem that I recited when I first met her. Um, and cool. the name. The name of the poem is No. No. Okay. So <laughs> here here we go with No. That rhymes, see. Sorry yeah. already. Anyway, ignoring that. I'm not a poet. You see, I always felt the titles were used to set expectations, and if I failed to meet them, Libby upset that they were stood up. Or here's my excuse for why I didn't notify them. You see, I was too busy trying to furnish the room of improvement, leaving just enough space so that fertile ideas can grow and I can mark their progress on my wall. But somewhere along that line, fantasy began to resent reality and placed into quarantine. So the only way that I could see the light of day was through a crack kaleidoscope. So that begs the question of where does broken art go? Perhaps... Each fragment is soaked in tears and allows to germinate the synchronous beats, meaning that I can love through my speech even if it's whispered through my fingertips. <laughs> the hands draw upon sounds that will navigate me to find a lost voice amongst an empty crowd, but if you're rubbernecking, I need you to bounce back behind that yellow tape because what you're now witnessing is a vehicle that was once prime to transform its existence to an entity that would tower over an inferno of doubt and insecurity. Now it simply just drives in and occupies front row seats. At repeated views of nostalgia, they're sure to be a tearjerker, projecting the flare to start the marathon to somehow keep up a pace with a running gag and simulating the treadmill steps and the wear of concrete shoes that was never one size fits all, sinking into this dirt until you're forced to do it all by your lonely. But this isn't a pity party, no. I I haven't sent out those invitations, so if you decide to crash, let me give you some insurance. I'm in good hands. The same hands that used to be an extinction of ink, so every time that I don't leave my mark, I just become a pallbearer to another dead idea, carrying it to its resting place to where even reincarnation becomes a bit hesitant because it knows it will just be an agent in its own suicide. You see, my pride it's my silent partner. is bullied by my emotions, so don't ask, won't tell why I say peace before each performance, somehow giving courage to that underdog who was muzzled and chained to a tree of woe. Don't ask, won't tell why I try to lean on the shoulder of my sentences to somehow create shelter from these unwanted brainstorms, but I will fail in allowing the mic to pimp my vulnerability to the highest bidder of sugar surrogates. I would not allow that at all. See, I'm still searching for the letters of approval so individuals can give me their stamp, trying to envelop my own dear John on why I miss me, a fraction of myself that's on exhibit so others can study the anatomy and yearning to be taxidermic so the plights of others won't move me, myself, and I outside of a house of pain. See, we talked about that room of improvement of in reality. It's a it's a cell of illusions, and I've gone broke trying to purchase these aspirations from the merchant who sells illusions with this screen. Now a two-way television without closed captions, so I can't read these episodic expressions. 
So I use my skin as a reminder, tearing it off. It's a memento, meaning that somehow a black and white past can converge with a colorful present to ask these particular questions. Are you that desperate to escape yourself that you are willing to squeeze into the husk of conformity and reach out for the illusion of acceptance, love, and approval? No. <laughs> Yay! Say word. Well, that was great. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, D.S. Williams in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next up, we're going to uh, bring in our next caller for just a moment. All right, give me just a second. D.S., thanks again for joining us there, brother. Uh, stick around. Thank you for having me. me. All right, there, bro. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is WKPJV Radio. If you're just now joining us, please make sure you press the number one on your keypad. Uh, if you are listening to us via streaming on your laptops or, or notepads and so on and so forth, please make sure you call into the number 347-324-5487. Make sure you press the number one on your keypad so that way we can go ahead and pull you in. Next up, we got our next caller, 919-327. 919-327, who do we have on the line? Yes, hello, it's Naima. Hey, Naima. What's cracking, Naima? How you doing? Hey, Adrian. Hey, Sandra. I'm good. How y'all doing? Good. That's good to hear. It's so wonderful to hear you, Adrian. I really enjoyed um, listening to all that oh, you, you are. I mean, it's been fabulous. Um, I really enjoy this show, by the way. I just must say that um, sometimes I'm, like, really anticipating listening to your show because it's really an uplifting for me. It's inspiring. It's all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy it. I really do. And um, it's really nice to hear um, the interview with you, um, Butterfly. Um, Thank you. I do have a question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So my question is, I mean, okay, so I learned that you're a life coach, um, so you have um, a background in uh, psychology. That's right? Or Yes. yes. I'm right here? Yes. Okay. And then yes. um, you also uh, served in the Army, so very interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you manage artists, it seems. That's really interesting. I did learn some of that from the last time <laughs> DS was on. You have a lot of roles, and you're a mother, um, yes. which is awesome. <laughs> um, what – now, this is going to be a hard question to answer, so I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So what do you <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So what do you think um makes you successful? Because that's a lot of things. You know? So um, out of all the things right there, boy. what <laughs> kind of new table was gonna like this one. Out of all yes. those things, what do you consider successful at this point in your life? What um, your success is? Hmm. I, I, I don't. I I feel that I am successful, but I have not reached the full potential of my success at this point. I'm happy with okay. where I am and what I'm doing and where I am, and mm-hmm. um, and I think the the key for me is to to keep moving, keep doing until it gets to where everything and everybody that's with me is out there when they're successful or more successful I I will feel like I'm successful because I get even though I do a lot of stuff 
for me, like, you know, you know, psychology and all that stuff, it's still with helping right. people. And, and I guess in the different areas, the success of other people is success for me. So I'm waiting for them to to blossom, to go out and to do. And just to say that I had a hand in it is success for me. Mm-hmm. Like even with my individual clients that I see, right. that is success for me to see them doing better and um, taking those steps to take care of themselves and all that. That's just, mm-hmm. that's all success for me. I don't think I've reached my full potential, but I have been okay. successful in certain areas. So, yeah. <laughs> Did that answer the question? I know it was. It definitely answers the question. Um, okay. I think when we, yeah, it does. It does. I think when okay. we um, uh, do multiple things, because um, mm-hmm. I'm a person that does multiple things too. I yes, don't know you if, are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta do a lot of stuff. Um, but um, I don't think we think about it like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, how you see it. But thank you for answering my question. Yeah, and thank you. And <laughs> I want. And we did not get DS to talk about what he had coming up, but um, he mm-hmm. has a show com- coming up on the, the 28th of July. Is yes, that when y'all? Yes, yes you so did. But y'all also July have some other that, stuff. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. I have the um my uh fundraiser for my book. It's like a book release fundraiser for Men Always Leave. Um, yes. I am actually directing and producing this play with Women's Theater Festival um, this summer. It's um, August sixth and seventh, and then August twelfth, uh, thirteenth, and fourteenth. I just confirmed yesterday that we will have a band called The Materials. I am yeah. excited. Okay, <laughs> I good. Like that. I am so like, because this band is going to bring it, oh, my gosh. So it's going to be jazz soul music mm-hmm. um, <laughs> combined. You don't know, you know understand. Like, I'm just really excited. Combined yeah, with just, um, just for like, describing my play. to be a spiritual experience. It does, oh, yeah. I'm I, I'm bringing it. I am bringing it. Yes. And, <laughs> I'm and, so happy and thankful for everybody who's just been so giving of their time and, and just, you know, just wonderful to collaborate with, to work with. It's just been fabulous. It's been one of the greatest experiences, I feel like, of my career so far. Oh, wow. And that's, um, great. that's inspiring for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, like the, and when is the fundraiser? What's the date and the location of the fundraiser? Because that comes before. That's, that's in July. I just, I just dropped it in the, in the inbox. Just oh, okay. in there. Just, uh, <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, that is, July the that 16th, is July right? 16th, yes. That's July yes. 16th. I think it's 3824 Jackson Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, it is on the flyer. Um, it's inside of a um, NC State's community uh, room area, but it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes. it's really nice. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I will be performing um, uh, Maya Imani, a good friend of mine who's also playing Maya in Men Always Leave, will also be performing. Um mm-hmm. Uh, Will William Davis, who is mm-hmm. um, the publisher, he <laughs> has <laughs> published Men Always Leave, um, Writer's Block, and also he is playing the lead male role as Jermaine. He will be performing also. And then okay. um, CJ, Words of Mensa, he's performing for me too. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, and I thought I saw DS on your flyer too. Yes, DS will yeah. also. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm really <laughs> excited uh, for everybody's involvement with this. Um, really, just want to get the word out. Um, you know, raise some money for the project, and you know, for everything that we're doing. Um, it really means a lot, like because so, like I said, so many people are just learning their time, and um, it's just. And their talent, you know, it, it, it's it's really humbling. It really is because it's like, man, you know, I have to do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's very yeah. nice. Right. Uh, and so I'm very appreciative of that. So I definitely want to show show that love back. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm excited. That is coming up July 16th. Um, we also will do a staged short stage performance, um, so you can get a little taste of what to expect. <laughs> from the play. Yeah. Um, so yes. I'm looking forward to that. We'll have to uh, uh, see which which part we'll do, but we will. We will do a stage performance of that. We'll also have the books for sale there. Um, we will also have um, a 50-50 raffle, some giveaways. Um, I will have tickets. So because we have the show on the 28th, I'll have tickets for that, and then I'll have tickets for Men Always Leave as well. So um, a lot's going on. A lot's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's busy. a good thing. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's fabulous. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the performances coming up. I will be actually doing um, group poems with uh, Maya and also with words on the 28th. And it's not something you want to miss. It's going to be interesting. Yes, yes. Going down. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yes, going down. So, uh, yeah, it should be. I, like, we remember when you first came through and was telling us about this play, and you were like, you know, getting now to see it, you know, coming to fruition and all the people that have kind of rallied together to make it happen. We're excited yeah. about yeah. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I hope y'all can make it out to some one of the play dates when it goes up. Uh, yes, definitely. definitely come through and and see it. Um, it yeah. is running for two weekends long, so uh, you have to have an opportunity. <laughs> yes, um, yes, and, uh, I will, I will make sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I got. Sure. I mean, the the information's <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> Yeah, I try to be right. as visible as possible because I know how important that is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm just, I'm very, I'm just excited. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I almost don't have words. And so I was like, did that just happen? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, you've been thinking about this one little thing for all this time. And then to see it happen, it's, it is inspiring and, so I'm excited. I'm happy. We're happy for you. Yes, <laughs> I know. Thank you. And I'm that. so happy to know you guys. Like y'all are awesome, man. <laughs> gives me a lot of inspiration. I'm telling you. Yes, you're welcome. Well, we Absolutely. we are we are part of a community that that's supposed to bring people together and know there are sometimes when it can cause rifts and so on. We like to be the antithesis of that. You know, move in the right direction and do what this poetry thing was meant to do in the first place, and that was to enlighten and enrich people and to bring them together. So, um, as soon as the first day mm-hmm. I met you, I said, I know a group of people you need to be a part of, and that's why I immediately wanted to start introducing you to folks like Adrian and the rest of the crew and, you know, bring you in and into the fold, so to speak. So, yeah, and I was well, right I here. <laughs> 
Yes, you was right, Tabor. Well, I'm happy. I'm right. glad y'all had me. Y'all had me close, and I appreciate it. I'm a long way from home, so it's nice when I feel love at home now. So appreciate it. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I did say that poetically right. on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I know that you it leaves out of you. Of course you did on purpose. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, yes, all right. Am. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thank you for coming through. You're welcome. Thank you yes, guys for calling through. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you don't know who that is, you will soon very well know who that is. That's Naima. Uh, she's been a long-time supporter of the show as well. And uh, she's done tremendous things with her upcoming play, uh, Men Always Leave. Make sure you check out the link that we just dropped in there about her book release. She needs some assistance with fundraising in July 16th. Coming on up. And uh, several show show days coming up. Just pay attention to that. Uh, again, it's uh, the 1030 hour right now. Uh, for those of y'all who are sticking around with us, appreciate you. Thank you so much. We appreciate y'all coming through and uh, making this happen, uh, coming through every week and uh, having this discussion with us. Again, this is with our amazing feature, Miss Adrian Charleston, who is a woman of many hats, we have learned. <laughs> a woman of many, many hats. Um, uh, of those hats that you wear, Miss yes. Charleston, um, Please yeah. tell us, like, uh, which which one do you feel like, and this might be a kind of a weird question, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it, which one seems to take up most of your time? Because I know you put as much dedication as you can into all of them, but which one takes up most of your time with the hats that you've expressed to us? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, my day job is a psychologist, so I guess that takes up the most time, cause I, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I like, but. Yeah, that takes up the most time because that's my day job, and then I have my own um, business, which is part-time, so I do psychology twice. So <laughs> that takes up most of my time. Oh. Um, okay. What I want to grow, of course, I want to have my artist be successful, but I also I'm trying to grow my um, my speaking. I want to do more motivational speaking and get out there and go around the world and speak and talk about love and happiness and how to get there and all that other stuff. And I think once I get my second book out there, that would help greatly. But, yeah, because I, I get leads and people want me to come speak and then it doesn't happen. So, But I love to speak. I love to to inspire, hopefully, at least one or two people out there. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. that's that's like the main, that's the one thing I do want to grow and be more successful at because I think once that can take off, I can stop doing a couple of my day jobs and um, <laughs> and do more of that. That's well, what I really want to do. I'm going gonna, yeah. gonna to pass on a little tidbit of information that I learned from a gentleman um, that I met at a, uh, a function. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can find his information. I'm going to send it to you. Um, Keith is a... a, a well-renowned speaker, uh, one of those under the tutelage of Mr. Les Brown. I don't know if you, of course, you do. those in the, the motivational speaking circles knows his name very well. But Keith is mm-hmm. a, a gentleman that I had the honor and privilege of meeting one day, and I went to one of his functions. And while I was, they call him Mr. I Am Possible. Um, and <laughs> he gave us some tidbits about motivational speaking that, you know, I'm still trying to incorporate into some of the curriculum that I'm working on now. That's just a deep. If you if you pay attention when you come to the champagne room, you find out these little tidbits. I don't say any other time. Yes, Chamber Seven does mentoring and public speaking and stuff like that. But I've been keeping it on low because mm-hmm. I'm working on some shit. So, um, 
but he mentioned this to me, which I, I'd like to put this out to anybody who's even considering getting into the business. What you can do is you see how you've been talking about your book, and it sounds like that's the direction you were headed in anyway, is if you developed mm-hmm. it as a curriculum, yeah. and you, you took your book in there and, and displayed it to them as a curriculum, when you use the word curriculum or workbook or something along those lines, all of a sudden schools have funding specifically set aside for curriculum. They don't have funding set aside for books, even though they're the same right. thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's the little sprinkle, sprinkle that he gave me because then when you say, all right, that's fine, you ain't got to pay me, but you got to buy 5,000 of my books, excuse me, 5,000 of my workbooks, oh, yeah, that yeah, changes everything. Yeah. Boom, there you go. You know, so, I, okay. you know, if, if that helps at all, that might be something you want to consider. No, 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 it does. it's just a matter of changing it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And then all of a sudden that opens did... up doors like, uh, you know, public schools, universities, stuff like that, because they mm-hmm. have funding, but it has to be worded a specific way before they can pay. Right, and that's what I was looking for more as a self-help workbook type thing. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, like I, that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I do. I have a, a hundred hats for stuff, but I just. Oh, I know. I'm really quiet about money until I. <laughs> Until I get some things in order, you know, you know how I do. You know how I do. I be doing stuff on the side. I'm ultra quiet about yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the most. But I'm you, the most but you want everybody else to, known to mankind. Right, but you want to put everybody else's stuff out there. <laughs> Absolutely, I want to put y'all right in the forefront. I'm world famous for putting my foot in a smaller back. Get right. out there. I'm actually. I'm actually the, I'm probably more extrovert. I'm probably more of an extrovert introvert than you are. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Because I, I, I share that. a lot, yeah. but I uh-huh. hold a lot. <laughs> okay, so why is that, though? Um, I for protection. <laughs> is that, to protect is that me, based every, everybody's on... Not... Everybody's not privileged enough to hear about everything, and I agree with that. Um, <laughs> oh, that, you know what? Thank you. Uh-oh. That's the, that's the right turn signal that I needed right there. Because uh-uh. let's talk social media. Yes. What is your stance on how much information you should be displaying on social media? Take that in any direction you want to go. Um, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I use social media to. I do. I do meet people, chat. I'm in different groups, all that. But you know, I use it as. Entertainment and sometimes advertising and stuff. Like I don't use it as like somebody told me one time because they deleted me from being their Facebook friend, and then they tried to get me back to be their Facebook friend. I was like, no, you, you deleted me. I talked to you in real life, so I don't really care to be your friend on Facebook. He's like, well, I post my stuff on Facebook that's really going on in my life. I said, well, if I need to know, you'll tell me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see it as social media is just that. It's social. It's what things that you would tell to an acquaintance, things that I, I always say it's not real. Like uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's, it's not real. It's an alternate universe that people go to pretend. And, and some people are who they are, but a lot of people aren't. So it's just. It's just a different world. It's an alternate universe for you to be whoever you want, however you want, say whatever you want, 
But then when you start putting your real stuff out there and people are commenting on your real stuff, you can't get mad about that. Like you shouldn't be, I can't, no, I'm not going to say that. You sh- you can you should do whatever you want to because it's your page or whatever it is. But when you're switching your status to take in complicated with so-and-so, with so-and-so, and somebody comments on it, you, you, you shouldn't be mad about it. Like you put it out there. This is what you're putting out there. And I don't put anything out on a personal, personal level. I'll put, like, stuff I do with my family, stuff I do with friends. You will, well, okay, I don't have a boyfriend. But if I had one, you still wouldn't know. So, <laughs> cause I have and, a, and why is that? Not, nobody's business. And believe it or not, because I, I would do a two step in here, but somebody might freak out. I'm just saying that's 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 I yeah. agree with that. I've, I've been that I've been part. told that a, a, apparently my Facebook makes me appear that I'm married or taken. I've been told that many a times. I'm like, well, what does a single person's Facebook look like? Like, what are you expecting me to do <laughs> to advertise? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't know what to say or do, and I guess it's because I do handle myself in a certain way on social media. I don't, and I don't know what that way right. is, but apparently it, it it's taken. So, but even if I'm with someone, right. like even even if I'm thinking about being with someone, I will not have a picture with me and them on Facebook or any other social media. So any man, and I tell people this in the sincerest, nicest way possible, if you see me in a picture with your man, he is yours. He's not mine. I will not have a picture on social media with me and my man <laughs> if and so ever I have one. If you see me in a picture with a guy, it's out somewhere, and people go, oh, get together, I'll take a picture, blah, blah, blah. It's not. We're dating. It's not. We're together. It's We're in the same place at the same time. Attending the same event. That's it. Nothing more. Right, so, nothing less. <laughs> so let me ask this question yes. because this, this I've heard this often. And, and by the way, you're an anomaly among women. Just want to let you know that because um, <laughs> from what I've seen and what my homeboys have seen, like we have, yes. like me and my fellas, um, I have a group of, uh, and thank God, I have to thank God for, for my male relationships that I've been having lately because these dudes are mature grown-ass men that don't do the dumb shit I constantly see men get blamed for all the time. Um, that you have not introduced me to yet. Right, and, and there's a reason. You've you not introduced me to any of them. See, no, see, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't trying to be mean, but, you know, some of them are a little off-kilter, and I would much rather you not go through that, trust me, because like I said, oh. they're my male friends, and they're a little strange. Now, the, the more decent of them, they just don't live in the state, so I would think it would be pointless. Sorry. Okay. But, I mean, yeah. I ain't got no problems. I introduce him to you. I'll, you know what I'm saying, show your picture around. See, we'll pass you around a little bit to figure out which one I want to take on the challenge of being with Miss Adrian Johnson. No. But, look. Uh, Never mind. Get yeah. <laughs> her. So, so, but here's the thing, though. The, the the repetitive discussion that I hear among them is they the, – I've, I've heard there was one meme that I saw somewhere, and I wish I could find it right now. But there was something about there's nothing wrong with don't put all your business out there about your relationship, but there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. 
So with regard mm-hmm. to the way you just expressed it just now, do you think, like, for instance, your mate would feel like, well, is there a particular reason as to why you don't want everybody to know we're together? Or are you just saying no, on your right. social media you don't want everybody, you know, seeing pictures of y'all together? Because it ain't nothing even motherfucking right. business. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Yes, number two. <laughs> number two. The, it ain't none of your motherfucking business. Anybody's, right. It's not, it's not anybody's business. For me, it's not. And especially, I mean, and it would be different if, if it was my husband or, like, if that was the case, people would know I was married. I probably wouldn't have a bunch of pictures of him or us and all this. Like, I think I, when I was married, I only had a couple of my, my ex-husband on my Facebook page because he said he didn't want to be on Facebook. He's like, I don't have a page. I don't want to be on yours. So, okay. So, <laughs> and okay. I was fine with that. So, but right. I don't I don't think, and this is just me, and just because I do... I use social media for a different function. I do use it for, you know, pe- you know, keep people updated on my life and what's going on and stuff like that. But the people who are really close to me, they'll know who I'm dating. They'll, they'll meet them and, right. you know. Right. But unless it's really, really serious and we're about to get married or probably after we've gotten married or something like that, then maybe I put a picture yeah. up. But I don't, I don't like the we're together. Oh, we're not together. And oh, we're having to so and so. That type of like stay out of my business. I'm like, <laughs> right, right, with, right, right, with, right. You right, know, right. we need me being a Gemini. You know, um, who knows how long people are gonna stick around? And I was like, <laughs> God dang! No, no, no. You say I'm, like she playing I'm for so, everybody to come down. Yeah, you can, so with, so you can withstand but, the I mean, fire. I'm, yes, yes. Yeah, I get it. I get because it. a lot of people don't. So, no, go ahead. Huh? No, I was going to say, some of the men that I meet don't understand me and can't keep up with me or they want me to slow down or stop or Ooh, that be, like you a know, bad idea. cater to them and all that. Yeah, which which is not, but just like just like anything in life, it had, like don't start out dating me and wanting or telling me to change or telling me to do this or whatever because if we're meant to be, things will change on their own. It's it's, it's a natural progression of things. I met a guy and I was, you know, telling him about my book. He was like, well, how long are you going to be out uh, doing poetry and promoting that? Like, how how much longer is that going to last? I was like, wait, what? Like, I just met you. Well, I'm just saying, are you, are you going to have time? Are you going to have time for me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not going to have time for you. <laughs> and we just met. <laughs> like, and it's this, like if I'm dating someone, I will make time for them. But right now, if you ask me, my schedule is booked. But if I meet someone tomorrow right. that I want to spend time with, I will make that time for them. And then after I'm scheduled normally out a month in advance, so come August, I will make sure I have more time for him, but I will squeeze in the time that I have. So, But some people see that as if I don't have time right away, I'm not going to have time, but that's not always the case. So, Yeah, because that's kind of making some, a horrible assumption about you that you're just going to, like, slough them off, so to speak, yeah? Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. Now, let me, and, let and me I ask don't, this question, too. Um, yes. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm saying, I, no, I'm good. Go ahead, Nancy. I was going to say, um, you made mention uh, with regard to the social media portion of your statement. You wouldn't put their picture up with you. So 
just on just I'm just using this as a side. You got somebody who is dating you. They don't use their social media the same way you use yours. Would you have an issue with them showing pictures of y'all together on their page? Mm. Or would you prefer you not be displayed on their page like that either, unless y'all are like married, and then it'd be like, well, it's no big deal. Obviously, stay together. Um, I mean, that's, I, it depends on the person and the reason and case, where our status okay. is. Yeah, and where we are yeah. and everything. Like, not like our first yeah. date, we take a picture together and you putting it up. Like, that's who I'm out with. No, I, right, I right, 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 right. That day, this will be our first, last date and picture. So, <laughs> right. Right, and right, not right, saying right. I'm all that, but you know, I look at me every morning in the mirror, and I'm, you know, something great. So. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. I feel and you. Again, I if, feel if, you. If, and again, if if anybody listening, if y'all don't feel that way about yourselves, we call me. We're gonna get there, so you can feel the same way. So when you look in the mirror, you can be like, "Yeah, I am something." Want that? You know, yeah, you be call, showing me off. Like it's gonna cost you four nine ninety nine. So just make sure you call for a good damn reason. Just saying. That's right. That's your bill gonna be really <laughs> high. Any plan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here trying to make this money in these streets, homie. Yes, so right. yeah, I, I just I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a very applicable conversation because um just in, like for instance in my case, frustrating. Um people will ask me, Well, I I don't see anything about you on your page and I'm like, What do you mean? All that shit on there is about me. But they're like, <laughs> No, it just talks about Chamber Seven. Nigga, Chamber Seven is me. What the fuck are you talking about? Like but they're like, yeah, it doesn't say anything about your kids or this, that, and the other. No, because that ain't none of your motherfucking business. Right. Because in, in my personal, in my personal, because I, I think your your mindset about it is very similar to my own. My attitude about it is, if you want to get to know that much about me, then get to know me by mm-hmm. actually knowing me. I'm not going to exactly. go around giving people my social security number or my bank card <laughs> or you know, oh, hey, here are a picture of my kids so you can stop by and go say hi to them. No, you need to know me. This social media, I think people forget, you type that stuff into a computer, mm-hmm. it goes across the world wide web. Everybody mm-hmm. sees it. I don't need you knowing mm-hmm. all that shit about me. That is yeah. none of your business. I don't go in there. You, you could practically, I'm watching a show. It's one of my favorite shows, too, called Mr. Robot. Um I'm I'm watching the the old season of it. I'm rewatching it again, and it's about a group of hackers. And I swear to God, the stuff that these dudes find out about your life on mm-hmm. social media like made me restrict even more shit. If you go on my page, like there's very little about me as a person. Like you ain't gonna find out. A lot of people like around Memorial Day, like just for instance, Naima was like, "Oh, I didn't know you were in the army." Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know that from looking at your page. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, me, yeah. they might see it because I had some actual, like, photos taken. But other than that, I'm not displaying it like, hey, by the way, I was in the Navy, blah, 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 unless you know yeah. me. And I feel like, yeah. and I think you can say the same thing, it's kind of, it adds to the privilege of being a friend of mine. If I give yeah. that shit to everybody, then what privilege do you feel you get if you become closer to me? The way you exactly. know you're closer to me is with the availability of the information I present to you. Yeah, and actually talking. And I think so, that's why social media has changed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I, um, yeah. and, and you, I just, another thing that irked me, um, <laughs> this guy was trying to talk to me, and he actually, 
he actually had my sister's phone number too. So I had talked to him, but he wasn't saying anything because he met the Adrian that was out dancing, having fun, because I like to go out and dance. I'm not a drinker, but I will dance like I'm drunk. Like I dance like there's no end because that's my high. That's my stress reliever. That is my everything. So I like to go out and dance to get the weight of the world off of me because that's when I'm free. I feel free and nice. And so I go out and dance. So that's how he met me. So when he called me, he all he talked about was, oh, we can go hang out, we can party, blah, blah, blah. So then he called my sister, and I guess he was asking her more about me or saying something about me. She told him all this stuff about me, all the stuff that, you know, y'all know now. Ran down my resume, I'm a psychologist, I was in the Army, I was blah, 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 blah. So he called me back, and he was like, oh, I didn't know you you this, I didn't know you. And then he wanted to change his game up because you didn't ask me. You wanted to talk to the right. person you met at the at the club. That's not the only person right. that I am. Maybe some people are, <laughs> but no, I right. like to have fun. Right. I can have fun right. with the job that I have. I can have fun as the person that I am. I'm not only all that I am. I don't want to sit and talk about intellectual stuff all day. If I'm not at work, guess what? I'm not working. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so yeah, if I don't want to hear about the last book you read and how – you know, when you studied psychology and when the, no, no, that's not me getting to know but you. But do you, you feel like they do that to impress you? Yes, and it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> when, <laughs> <laughs> what impresses me just is very straightforward. I'm impressed. Yes, and it does right. right. I'm impressed by people who are themselves, who are genuinely who they are and happy with who they are and what they do. Like, just because I'm a psychologist, I'm still a person. That doesn't make me any worse or any better than anybody else at any time of the day or the night. And so when I meet these people and they want to portray themselves as smarter or whatever, I'm like, no, like, just be you. Like, I will talk to somebody that's, of, I don't even, I don't want to name a profession, but, you know, <laughs> that's whatever profession right. that people think is not good enough. I will talk to that man before I talk to the dude that's trying to pretend to be something else or someone that he's not. So, okay, okay. And I can go into some dating okay. stories there. It's crazy. But you should start a series about just that alone. Just talking about that part because it, 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 it I mean, it's, it's hilarious to me that the, the preconceived notions people walk into certain situations with, um, you have pegged on a lot of them just now. It sounds like, you know, I, I think one of the frustrations that, that I, too, have had throughout my life is that we're always trying to each other. And I think that's what our conversation mm-hmm. started with in the very beginning. We're trying to pit whites against blacks or, you know, men against women. In reality, we're, right. we're all working towards the same level of equality. Women want to be treated with the same level of equality men are. If you can do a great job at this, then you should get the mm-hmm. same amount of pay as your male counterpart who does the exact same thing. That makes complete and total sense. Like, you know, and I think that's the the frustration that a lot of people have is they don't realize that at the end of the day, and granted, you know, there are some differences. Like, you know, women have to be given Mm -hmm. a certain bit of leeway because of the fact that, you know, if you you get pregnant, I can't just fire you from your fucking job. You know what I'm saying? And and (laughs) vice versa, men are saying the same thing. Like, I think the beautiful thing about it is overseas they're making this, this statement now that, you know, 
if you want men to be a part of the family unit, then why can't they have maternity leave too so they can spend time bonding with the child during those very formative years of the child's life? And overseas, right. they actually give men time off to spend time with their wife mm-hmm. and their children. That's the reason why most right. of the time the kids are more attached to the mother because the mother's there for six, seven months with mm-hmm. the kid where daddy is out working in the United States right. and hasn't clearly figured it out. So I think the narrative that you brought up, not only I think that's the underlying narrative, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is that we spend too much time making an aversive situation as opposed to a unity situation. So in your motivational yeah. speaking, what what how would you point people in that direction? Um, in that area, I always start with love because love unites. Love is whole. Love is pure. Love is, is everything. And and it starts with, you know, I always go back to it starts with loving yourself. And if you're loving that person in front of you, that makes you open because once you know who you are and you love who you are, what anybody else in the world is is not a threat to you in any shape, way, shape, or form, like, because you know. And as long as you know, what somebody else is doing can't affect you because regardless, when you look in that mirror, you know, as I keep saying, when you look in that mirror, you love that person. And that's where it all starts. And once people realize that and know that, that nobody can take you away from you unless you give them, you know, give yourself to them. I mean, you are in control and in love and in part and live with and just everything with you. So, yeah. Okay, so what do you say to the person that they get that, they understand that, but they feel... But the feelings that they feel are based on the fact that they feel like they feel guilty for having given themselves to a person that doesn't truly appreciate them. What Does that do you make mean, sense? Giving themselves. Yeah, yeah. So In they, other words, you're them, making the so statement they feel that bad because they, they've fallen for somebody who hasn't fallen for them or doesn't want them or appreciate them or treat them how they should be treated. Correct. If you're. So you, step away because if you're loving yourself the way you should be loved, you know how you should be treated. And once somebody is not treating you in that way, you know how you're supposed to be treated. So you can choose, keyword choose, to stay and be treated that way or you can choose to inform them this is not how I will be treated and unless it changes, you know. And you can't change people, so it's up to them. <laughs> And or you can go because you know you know you know your worth you know how you're supposed to be treated you know you so yeah that's the only way to yeah. do it that's true true yeah so what 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 other engagements do you have coming up in the near future um I'm really not doing anything until August the nineteenth we're gonna be doing an erotic poetry show at the Hog Pen. Um, oh, I think <laughs> I think that's gonna oh, be. You do erotic poetry too? Is that is that allowable for somebody who does no. this type of work, ma'am? <laughs> no, I don't. Like this is different. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Word. Okay. okay. Yes, I'm going to try. And and mine probably will not be erotic. It'll be more sensual or yeah. 
something. I don't okay, know what now, it's going to be. And, and you know what? That brings up a very interesting question. Yes. How do you separate the two? Because I always thought that a lot of my work was considered sensual, and I've been mm-hmm. misinformed by some people, and I think it's more based on perspective than anything else, but I've often been told, no Negro, it's erotic. And I'm like, no, nah, it's sensual. And I'm like, I never said the word dick or pussy one time. And they'd be like, no, nah, it's still erotic. And so how would okay. you differentiate between erotic and sensual? Well, apparently there's no difference because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I guess I was wrong. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, so I don't know. Yeah. So well, there we go. So I guess All there's right. no difference. Then. Well, my my. So I guess there's no tame. difference. There it is. Yeah, tame erotic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that. So tame erotic is a, is sensual. Got it. Okay. I Makes guess sense. I don't know. I'm making up words now. <laughs> hey, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, we've, we've had all this discussion about, you know, all of your different works and the things that you've done and so on and so forth. And uh, so now I guess this is a perfect time to ask. Um, how about how about them bars, sister? Drop oh, some goodness. bars on them. Yeah. You got to, you know, give us, some, give us some new shit, some hidden shit, if you will. Um, I mean, this is a champagne room. Mm-hmm. You know, let them bars <laughs> fly. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Caught her off guard. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to, and, and you know what I just started doing? I was going through What's my that? new stuff that I just wrote because I was like, he's going to ask for something, and I don't know what it's going to be. Of course. Um, of course. So I will, I will give you but a wait, choice. But wait, while you're, yes. while you're looking through that, I think I got somebody. I already got it. Time so in go ahead. Mind taking another call? All right, so hold no, on one ahead. second. And then I'll let you choose uh, between the two. All right. All right, so who is our caller waiting ever so patiently on the line? Because I got the 111. So who do we have here waiting? Sound like they're doing something Hello? else. Sound like they're doing something else. Huh? All right, I'll put them back on mute. All right, there we go. Okay, so what are my choices? Um, My two newest pieces are not my erotic pieces. Um, nothing to lose, crew. I think we've talked about that before. And I don't know if this is more of a poem or a blog. I hadn't decided yet. But um, intentional dating. Intentional dating? <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> Bars. Yes. I just, I just, and again, I, I don't know. I, I, I felt things when you said that one out loud because I, I love the way that I love what's implied by just the title alone. <laughs> and, it implies and that I think intentional is, dating means that you put an intention into it as opposed to the uh, accidental <clears throat> dating that most of the, the public is doing, yeah? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why you I'm, say it I like was, that? You I make it sound writing. like chamber seven is thinking too deep in. No, 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 no. That's what people say. That is it's in... And I, I hadn't decided if this is going to be a poem or a blog because sometimes I write and when it doesn't seem poetic, I make it a blog. So, <laughs> so I just write. So I just wrote. You know what? One. That's an old yeah. trick of all of us poets. You are definitely a veteran. So I'm gonna say that right now because that's what we all do. We'd be like, oh wait, this shit don't sound right as a poem. Fuck it, it's a blog now. Yeah. So 
So I was debating because this is something that was on my mind because I, it's been posed to me. So I'll read it and then I'll tell you some of the stories that, yeah. Um, intentional right. dating. These words together have baffled me. So I looked them up and read on the different explanations. It is explained as dating with the intention of getting married. It has also been explained as dating with a plan or purpose. It is still confusing to me, maybe because I am more about vibes and energy and what feels right instead of planning to love. When I think of this, it makes me think that a person will just marry the next halfway decent thing that comes instead of allowing things to occur organically. I have actually had someone ask me that if I'm not dating out of intention, why do I go out on dates? My answer, I go out on dates to get to know the person, to see if there is a connection, to see if there is anything that can or will be. I don't go into a date thinking he may be the man I marry. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I might not even like him past this date. I think dating to get to know a person and then allowing things to move as it will, if it will, and if it is meant to be, not planning and plotting because on a first date, the the person that comes across wants to be married to women, not planning and plotting because on a first date, the person across from you wants to be married to. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and maybe this is not what people mean when they say it, intentional dating, but this is what I picture when it is posed to me. So I think it's more of a blog, but, yeah, that's what I wrote. I, I feel that. Yeah, I feel, I feel blog out of that. Now, I, if I'm not mistaken, let me try something here. I see this number. Yes. Uh, it popped in and it popped back out. So let me see if it's this individual here. Uh, I got the... Uh, Nine one nine two six four nine one nine two six four. Who do we got again? Yes. You, you can hear me? Yes. 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 Hey. Yes. All right. Good deal. All right. For a second there, I thought this was the other number. All right. Good deal. So what's what's working there? Uh, I'm not. What did you say? I was just checking. Tell us. Tell us. Tell the crowd who this is. This is Granville. Yeah, hey, Granville. buddy. Yes, yes. How are you doing? I'm listening to you all here, uh, Adrian Charleston, one of my favorite people. I'm <laughs> Thank <laughs> I, you. I, I'm listening to her, and you know, I will really like to hear you do an erotic piece because I know when you do an erotic piece, yes, <laughs> it's going to be classy. It's going to be classy. If I do classify it, I say it's going to be classy. It's going to be. It's not going to be vulgar. Right. It's not going to be vulgar because you, you don't do vulgar. You know, right. You, you, right. You, it might be graphic, but not vulgar. And and it will be tastefully done. Yeah, thank you. It will be tastefully done. I, I can vote for that. You know. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> very, very true. Welcome, my dear. You're welcome. And that is, and that ain't nothing but the truth. <laughs> that is the and, truth. You know, so what's up, Chambers? I'm good, brother. How you been, man? Oh, I've been good. I've been good. I've been, I've been listening to your show for a minute. I just, you know, uh, I had to take a couple of weeks, be into this tour, come back, and, you know, and I'm listening. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And, and the conversation hey, you got going brother, on. I appreciate that, man. I, I really appreciate the support, and I appreciate you coming out and and, uh, and, and listening to us, and and joining in when you can. I really do, man. I really do. I was, I was, as a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, uh, this is Granville. Uh, he, he, um, he does, 
he his his work is definitely has a classic style to it that you would not believe. Uh, you have to see it for yourself. But there, I remember I was just telling him not too long ago that one of the pieces that he did truly touched my soul. Uh, the first time I saw him perform, and the piece that he did was uh, it, it specifically mentioned um, that war that a man has to deal with when he's out in the street and how he doesn't want to have to deal with it when he comes home. And I'll never forget the moment I heard that piece, I was like, dude, like even as a poet, there are just some times when you can't get the words out that you're truly feeling. And he nailed it for me that day. I'll never forget it. I was like, yeah. And it's called The Lion's Den, right? Is that the name of the poem? Yeah, The Lion's Den, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I and I'll never forget that piece, and and all the pieces are like that that get my attention. So I just wanted to make sure that the crowd knew who we were dealing with. But yeah, I, I, we appreciate you, brother. He's a part of that collective of us that that get together and we uh we make magic happen when we get out there. You know what I'm saying? So let me yeah. show positive of that. Yeah, and yeah. we got to do it more often too. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, we gotta we gotta collect together again. Yes, sir. <laughs> I agree. I, like I agree. Friend. So yeah, you you got um you got a little something something you want to share with our feature this season? You got a piece, a little short piece you want to give her? The lions then. All right, yes. Okay. I would love that. Okay, okay. The lions then. I need peace. A woman must bring me peace. For me, she must be easily endured. She must not be unnerved by my silence and have little flair for the dramatics. There is enough drama without my house. I do not want it within. I need peace and quiet. I must want to come home and not fear it. My abode must call out to me. It must beckon. My doors must yearn for my footsteps and the windows bow at my presence. Okay, that may be too much to hope for. But I need peace. However brief, I need respite. My soul must have a place of rest. For after fighting the demons, as tomorrow I shall fight them again. Not good to fight a battle on two fronts. From the battlefield to the battlefield, I think not. I need a lioness in the lion's den. For when the lion king comes home, sometimes he needs to be alone. He needs peace. It's a jungle out there. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, and I think it was funny. I was in the middle of an argument with somebody about that 
I think right around the time when I heard that, and we kept this in the back and forth was they were like, nah, you know, and I was like, nah, do you, I'm going to need peace when I come home because I don't want to have to fight again. It, this wasn't somebody I was right. like dealing with at the time. It was just a regular discussion. But here's the issue. My attitude has always been, and I think um, uh, when, when DS had said it earlier, I kind of hooped and hollered a little bit because I, even though I was raised a non-denominational Christian and I, I still I hold a lot to those beliefs, I have to say that my, my belief system has morphed into something of balance. And I think the constant discussion I keep having to have with people is, yes, as a man, when I come home, I want peace. But likewise, as the woman, when you come home, you're going to want me to bring peace to you as well. And there's nothing wrong with demanding the same thing from me that I'm expecting from you. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and take, um, and that's the yeah. What I was gonna say? I was gonna say that. Uh, okay, we are two different entities, and a woman wants instant gratification. We, as a man, like if you give me an hour, I'll be okay. I'll come give you what you want. Yep. You know, but yep. but just let me just, just let me have a little reprieve. Let me recover. Let me bandage some wounds. I've been I've been out fighting. I'm wounded. I'm I'm hurt. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I come, a, a, home, a house is a place of refuge, rejuvenation. That's where everybody keep a home. Because when you go home, you recover. Right. You know, right. you recover. Right. And, 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 and if you come in home and you can't recover, man, you, you know, you, you don't want to go home. You know, right. because they ain't no peace. I mean, like I said, like the point said, however brief. You know, yeah. I'm not looking for perfect yeah. peace. Well, give me some peace, you know. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what, wonderful. Very true. You know, like you know, I remember the night when I read that poem too, and I think when I read that poem, I, I think you came up to me. You yep. approached me. I did. Yeah, you. Yeah, you, you, you approached me. Nice. Yeah. The, the, yeah. And the first time I, the first time I read that poem, uh, it, it was at my first show, and when I finished, a lady came up to me and she said. You know, if I had heard, if I had heard that poem before, my husband and I would have still been together. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, it, mm-hmm. yeah, because, yeah. yeah, because you know, we we are two we are two strong and different entities that must come together, and and I mean, and our past has not been perfect. The world has not been kind to our people, so. So our progress has been forbidden. So that's why you still find a lot of disruption between, and you know, and disunity amongst our people because it was you know, it, it was planned that way. We we were forbidden to thrive. You know? We were forbidden to thrive. Right. Or in a, nobody was watering us and and and, 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 and putting manure by our roots. No, there was there was seen to that no water come to our roots. You know, they, they was taking away right. the soil from our roots. You know, we have, we have we were forbidden to thrive, so a lot of the disruption and the problems we have when it comes to relationship is is systematic. You know, it was designed. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm not saying all hope is gone, but you know, we're gonna be alright. That's right. That's right. Yeah, right. we're gonna get That's it. You know? We're gonna yeah. get it. We're gonna get it. Yeah. Yeah, true story. <laughs> yeah. 
right. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Granville, for coming through and doing that. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. You're man. welcome, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for calling in, Granville. Okay, yeah. I will be right after in the show. All right, okay. now, brother. Stick around for us. Appreciate uh, you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good You know, Adrian, you're my favorite from the one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Listen. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's once again Granville. Uh, make sure you stop by one of our shows and check him out. Um, you can always catch us in the Raleigh area uh, hanging out. So uh, we got a few minutes here. Um, and uh, you, now it sounded to me as if Grandma was asking if you um, if you could like drop some more bars and he would have, he would have prefer they be essential ones. Uh, no, um, but I will do uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'll give a quick narrative and. Things, I mean, I watch stuff and I see stuff and things irk me. And, um, like, and I found this in dating and, like, TV shows and stuff. Like, they have it to where the man is saving the woman from something, saving her from bad jobs, out of poverty, like, all of this stuff. But I wrote this for you know, the women who don't need to be saved, like, like what do we get? Cause we don't need to be saved, but we still want love. We still want someone to be with, and we still, you know, yearn and need that companionship and all that stuff. But we don't get it because of whatever reason that people think we don't need it. Because I've actually been told before that I, I don't appear. This is a guy I used to date. He said that we, he doesn't try to date me anymore, and he went on to this other female because it felt that I didn't need anything. And I was like, what was I supposed to need? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it. Like, I'm, we're supposed to, like, I needed you. I wanted to be with you. And then, like, other instances, I've been dating guys, and I was dating this one guy. We broke up, and then, like, soon after we broke up, he moved some girl in with three kids into his house. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay, I didn't have enough kids. I didn't have enough for you to take care of. I didn't have too many issues. Like, I'm good. <laughs> Sometimes, I, and right. I want somebody that's good and doesn't have the that captain hat on, you know, captain save him. Okay, mm. this is called, uh, <laughs> this one is called <laughs> Damsel. <laughs> He's so silly. Damsel in distress. So, okay. Most men want most men want a damsel in distress. When they meet me, they see a damsel in this in a dress. I don't need to be saved. I'm financially stable. I will not ask for money. I have a couple of jobs, so my time is just as important as his. I am able to do things on my own. I will not sit around waiting for a man to contact me. I have options. Even if I choose to be alone, I will not chase a man. I do not need anything of a material manner, but I do want things. I want a man to listen to me and understand what I have to say. I, uh, yeah, understand what I have to say to want me for who I am. I want to love me. I want him to love me inside and out. I want a man to treat me like a lady and make me feel like a woman. But I say again, most men want a damsel in distress, but I'm just a damsel in a dress, a damsel in distress. 
Okay. Um, yes. This is actually a perfect time for me to do this. Uh-oh. Uh I understand what the other guy was saying, but I think he mm-hmm. wasn't able to articulate it correctly. Because okay. a lot of times what I've discovered in my own personal trials and tribulations is that that communication, the basic fundamental understanding of communication is not Mm -hmm. just the sending of the information but also the receiving of it. And a lot of times I think I'm communicating well because I said it. But (laughs) that's only half of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I said all that to say this. I think what he's been trying to say because – this was actually the detriment to one of uh, my last relationship. Um, it, it the the biggest problem is that I'm not going to go somewhere where I'm just tolerated. So right. she always gave off the impression she didn't need me around, but not like need me around to like pay bills. But she gave off the impression she didn't need me around at all. Like, you don't need me for companionship. You don't need me for friendship. Like, my absence made no difference to you. And my attitude has always mm-hmm. been in my life. This is the the way I kind of function has been on this, this idea. I don't have to inflict any type of revenge on you. If my right. presence not being in your life isn't damaging enough, I wasn't meant to be there anyway. So it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste yeah, energy and- trying to inflict some type of pain on you. I think my absence is enough. So if me not being there isn't doing anything, then what is me being there supposed to do? Like, I don't believe in wasting energy. So I think a man's fundamental instinctual DNA-driven idea of of being with a woman is she has to want me to protect her from something or she has to want me in some way because that's kind of the way we're built. We're built to be... Like, you might not need somebody to pay your bills or need any, but mm-hmm. at some point you have to have a strong enough want for him that it feels like a need for him to be there. Does that make any sense? Yes. And I, how do I, how do I put this? I I do, like I do, like, <laughs> because when I am in a relationship, if, how, look, how do I put this delicately? Delicately, because we only have a few more minutes. Um, I, I like to date real men. So if they're a man, they make me feel like a woman. Those things follow. So, like, I, I had this one guy tell me that he, like, he always hit me up on Facebook, tell me how beautiful I am. Oh, I wouldn't mind dating you. I'm like, so what's up? You know, because that's me. You know, pretend like you want to date me. Right. Just go ahead and ask, and let's go and get to it. But he was like, oh, well, you don't, you don't seem like you're submissive. First of all, you don't know me. Like, you've not talked to me, so you don't know what I am. And I said, second of all, yeah. I'm submissive to my husband. <laughs> Let's get that straight. And unless and until you prove to me that you can lead and we are in a relationship, I am fine with allowing the man to lead that I am with. We're not going on two dates, and you think you're going to start telling me what to do and leading and all the other stuff. That's a whole. That's a process, just like getting to know someone and getting to learn them and getting to love them. If that happens, 
and then the submission will follow because I am believe or not, I do believe in certain generals. I think the man is the head of the household when he is the head of the household. And I don't want or would not want to date anything less or be with anybody that is less than a man that is the head of the household and can lead and is able to lead. And I will be submissive to, and people don't like that word, but the word means what it means and it is what it is. It's not a bad word. It just is. And I don't mind being that for the right person. So that's another thing where people get me wrong just because I can I can and I do so much because I can and I do. And, and I mean, right. so people take that as, oh, she's one of them strong, independent black women. And yeah, people think I have an attitude that never even talk to me. So so that's a whole, you know, other realm of people, men, and all other stuff. So, yeah. Right, yeah. right. And, I, and oddly enough, I get the opposite. I get the, you know, they, I think the impression is that I'm I'm not going to be strong, and then they find out mm-hmm. otherwise, and they're like, wait a minute, he has, the Negro's got an opinion? Yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I, I have a habit of dealing with very strong, stubborn women. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> But they're usually strong and stubborn because the dude before me treated them like shit, and I'm like, no, I'm not looking for subjugation. I'm looking for submissiveness because... If you are willing to submit to me, it's going to make me that much more willing to do for you is my attitude. Um, right. I think too many people enter into those questions and they do it the the wrong way. They, they like you said, they, they've been out with you for two dates and now all of a sudden they're expecting you to just do it. Telling you what to do right. is not submission. Being exactly. might be. Right. Maybe if they said it a little bit better, if they if they came at you with the the right approach, that would change things. Yes. But when you turn yeah. around and you expecting her to just like you know do whatever you say day one, nah, bro, you right. probably got it backwards. And most I mean, men do. They do have it backwards. They 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 read parts and they don't understand what it means. And a lot of women don't understand what it means to be submissive because you have to be a strong woman to be submissive because you have to allow that person to lead you. Like you have to be able right. to stand back and trust in the choice that you made. <laughs> Not just, right. you know, right. this person, oh, I'm going to let this person lead. No, you have to trust yourself being the strong woman that you are, that you entrusted this man to lead you. So, yeah, not just and, anybody and, and or it, anything. Or One, yeah. one of the things that um, a fellow poet said, uh, Jay Simone, shouts out to Jay Simone up in um, – I want to say she's in Maryland. Um, but Jay Simone made this statement. We were talking about submissiveness and subjugation and so on and so forth. She said what a lot of people don't realize is though the dominant has the name dominant, it's the submissive that has the power because without the submissive, the dominant mm-hmm. has no power over anything. Exactly. So true dominance <laughs> understand, I need the submissive yeah. to be here. If the submissive yeah. isn't here, whether it's he or she, mm-hmm. I have no power. Otherwise, I just got power over nothing. So, exactly. yeah. Wow. So I'm going to read this one poem. I did find the other one that I, I just wrote. This is real new. Um, okay. And it was it was just too, because I, I was getting this too much from different people telling me that they were afraid of me. And I'm like, what? 
like, men are scared of me. I don't know what it is. So I know we have, like, two minutes left. So this is very short. You know, all my stuff is short. But it's called Afraid of Me. All right. Um, (laughs) You work with powerful men every day, and you are accomplished, but you are afraid of me. You travel the world, and you're a great father, but you are afraid of me. You are an inspiration to others, but you are afraid of me. You buy and sell paintings that are worth thousands, but you are afraid of me. You have an amazing book deal, but you are afraid of me. You have so many things going for you, but you are afraid of me. You hit me up every so often to tell me how beautiful I am, but you are afraid of me. I tell you I'm open for dating you, but you are afraid of me. Is it me or is it the idea of me that you are afraid of? Is it me or is it that you are afraid of love? Is it me or is it that you are afraid of, afraid to open up? Is it me or is it that you are afraid of being with someone? I actually have those same fears. The difference is that I am open to facing them. But you are afraid of me. That's it. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. I appreciate you. That. That's, 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 yes, that's actually, that makes a lot of sense, these men that go in here and deal with all these people, but then they're afraid of a woman. And I think yeah. a lot of times a man is afraid of Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 